Yeah. I, nothing worse than a choppy guest. You know. Hello, I'm Eagle. Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram. And this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 268. Got a very, very special guest for you this Tuesday evening. You guys know this gentleman from around the cannabis community for sure. Do you want to tell us uh, how you're doing and where we can find you? I'm doing great, man. I'm about to light a doobie. Oh, I'm Eagle. Uh, yeah, man, I'm here up in Van Bellingham, Washington. Um, I go by Dutch Blooms on Instagram, and um, I have a kind of a developing a handful of Instagram accounts. Is also I, uh, I have a seed bank, regenerativeseeds.com, which we can talk about that later. Um, and I and I put put on the I'm most probably known for the conference that I put on the Regenerative Organic Cannabis Conference. Um, that it, it's kind of a touring. Um, conference teaching folks how to get deep into cannabis, uh, regenerative cannabis science, you know, and living soil. So, yeah, man. It's pretty awesome. I know organics is uh, the rage right now, as it should be, for sure. And I know a lot of people here in Michigan look forward to that confident, that comp, confident conference. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Thank Good. you. Terrible cut mouth. Good way to start off, huh? But uh, for sure, I look forward to that here in Michigan. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, so let's. Uh, what are you smoking on? What do you What do you have rolled up there? Well, get mine ready. It's uh, it's uh, actually I I went down to the store. I was at the store today. And I bought a, I bought some weed, so I'm I'm smoking some rec weed here. Uh, it's the Dank Czar, so shout out to them. He's a um, hash maker, and he got in. He's, he was in the medical game before um, the rec started here in Washington, and, and one of the first guys, along with myself, to put out um, ice ice hash. You know, really get it into the the medical scene and, and put out rosin, and and so this is um, I'm smoking sweet tarts is what it's called uh, it tastes a lot like uh like the runts to me um like the forbidden fruit um a lot like the the, the testerosa black lime reserve that i'm working on um, that really fruity um but has a little bit more something going on in there so pretty good stuff what are you smoking I am smoking some uh, J1, actually, from California there. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Jack Greenstock, out there in Cali, uh, gifted it to me. He said, you know, I want you to hold this. This is a legendary Cali strain. And he uh, shipped it, I hear. And, man, it took a beating, man. Uh, the stork, if you will. Was supposed to be a two-dayer, and somehow or another, it, it almost got kicked all the way here. But man, that thing still held up. Was a little on the dry side, but she was still beautiful when she got here. And uh, that's what I'm enjoying tonight. You know, uh, it's nice yeah. to have a little bit of a Kelly legend here in Michigan. So, thanks. It looks Jack. like you got a, a mixture of plants back there, like a, a bunch of different varieties going on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of tore the room apart last night and today I'm kind of in the middle of like remodeling and moving some stuff around. But uh, yeah, I'm a caregiver here in Michigan and I run a perpetual harvest, different phases, pretty much a small harvest every month to kind of keep things fresh and uh, a different strain rotating for myself and the patients, you know, kind of so that nobody gets sick of it or always looking for a new favorite as well. So it seems to you work know, out pretty well. That's one thing that I, I've never done is a perpetual harvest. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just, uh, I've heard it, it's come up a lot recently and uh, it's just not something I've delved into. I've, I've, I really just do the one and done and, and I, it's kind of intriguing, but at the same time, I, I do enjoy the one and done nature of, of that, you know, the work really hard and then kind of slow down a little bit. And then, you know, the, the ups and downs is pretty fun to me. See, well, I can't really say much cause I know you're a small uh, farmer as well, but I, you know, I couldn't do it. You know, I, if I were to try to aim it all at once, it would be too much work. I'm a one man team over here. So if I were to try to game or I pull everything down at once, it'd be a lot of work for me and uh, storage, all that good stuff. Yeah. That's another thing too, uh, I guess we could touch on real quick here is it's the way things here in Michigan are so very, very screwy about the way we handle uh rec versus medical you know i am a medical caregiver i'm allowed myself plus five patients 12 per 12 patients per which that's allotment of 72 uh, plants and then i have my recreational side i can have 12 for the house not per per person for the house now this is where things get really screwy and where the perpetual comes into play and is kind of nice. Now, if I were to try to take 72 and do like a mono crop or, you know, break it up into a couple, well, that would put me over because here in Michigan, I'm only a lot uh, 2.5 usable ounces per patient. So across the board, that would only allow me to hold on to 15 ounces at once. Now, any harvest would technically put that me over and my patients, even if I spread it out as fast as I could. So now the perpetual helps me maintain numbers and keep, you know, dish it out as quickly as I can to the patients. And then they hold the 15 in case they need any extra. But now this is where it's kind of really, really screwed up. Now keep in mind, this is for the medical. This is to help people, the limitations, right? Now, if I go over into my rec closet, my rec room over there, the 12, if I can produce 10 to 15 pounds in that room, I can have 10 to 15 pounds in that room and smoke myself silly recreational. But if I want to help myself and patients, my hands are very tied on how much I can possess and, you know, work with at any one time. It seems such a, a tragedy or a farce to flip it around um, like that. Yeah. I'm guessing that's because the medical laws were, were first and then the recreational laws came second. 
and that's what's happened in Washington, and that's where they fucked us. You know, like we had a really, really crank and wreck our medical scene, and I was a part of it, and, and I was in stores and, and making hash and really fucking starting to feel good about myself. You know, at a warehouse and um, and wreck was going on, but the wreck had all the high taxes, and, the, and they only allowed thirty days for people to get in. So it, one day, one 30 day window in 2013, I believe it was, or 2012, maybe, um, that you could apply to get this rec- recreational cannabis license in Washington state. And, and I didn't have that. And, and, it, and no one got it because the taxes were great. Door, you know, tax. Um, and, uh, but, but we had like 2000 medical stores and we were correct cruising you know stacking cards and doing the thing and i had a whole warehouse full of you know i i broke it up into co-ops like this room was co-op one and had this many patients in it this you know what i mean and that's how the lawyers told us to, to stack it up and so we were doing that scene and and uh, the folks that signed up for the rec bill weren't making their money because they they had too many regulations against them it was too difficult and, and no one was buying this, buying into the weed because we had all these awesome medical stores that anyone could go into. You know, so from a consumer's perspective, they they would have no reason to choose one or the other. But they would, if they as they start buying, they would you know gravitate towards the medical because they had better product and less taxes. You know, so it was really it was where and the state didn't get the tax, the third tax. So the state had their incentive to crack it down. They shut medical down entirely in Washington State. And it was really shitty and, and it left everybody high and dry. And we've had, had a really gnarly system ever since. And so I kind of understand, you know, we, we don't even, they don't even let someone grow plants at home. You have to go, you know, if you want to grow plants at home in Washington state, uh, you have to go get a medical card and um, you're only allowed six plants, period, six plants. And then if you can go in and you want to uh, sign up with the state registry, they'll give you a, a card, you know, beyond the, the doctor's prescription, they'll give you a card, but you have to sign up your name and do all this stuff. And then you can get up to 15. And, you know, as you, you know, like it just doesn't work for a patient, you know, at all to, to, to fucking be sorting through medicine, like, and find what's going to work for you and keep in rotation and have different uh, medicines available. You know, when you're really sick, you need flower you need rso you need all the different stuff you know oh yeah that's for sure it's you know some states have it right and some you know canada seems to have a a nice handle on it you know whatever the doctor writes yeah i've seen some pretty good numbers in canada for some patients you know, uh, I do like that argument too. I've heard that I've heard a couple. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I've heard them talk it through, but it makes sense. You know, if you can like explain it to a doctor, then they can wrap their heads around it, and then you're doing an interactive thing, and you're both learning, and the doctor's learning how to work with your body and the medicine that you're choosing. It's I think that's brilliant. It is. It is for sure. I liked that aspect of it, but uh, it almost, from what I've seen the numbers can be jumbled a little bit for we're good for good don't get me wrong here don't get me wrong i'm not complaining but uh it seemed like uh they can the numbers could be somewhat manipulated by your ingestion method basically so i guess what i'm trying to say is like if you went to your doctor and uh told him you know my ingestion method is fucking uh uh, rosin, you know what I mean? 
I, I take dabs and I'm smoking rosin, but I got to press an ounce a day <laughs> to get my, you know what I mean? You know, that, that kind of numbers oh, yeah. there to get the rosin I need. Well, that translate into some pretty good numbers. You know what I mean? In the long run, if that's your ingestion method. And I would think the same would be if, you know, you went in and was like, uh, if you were, you weren't. I'm my, I, I take RSO every day. Well, RSO takes a lot of cannabis to make. Again, you know, you could almost coerce the doctor into throwing you some super high numbers if that were your ingestion method or not, just by claiming, you know what I mean? That's the way I went. And uh, I don't know. It's a good thing, though, because yeah. I've seen those numbers laid into like <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of plants allotment. You know what I mean? Not just 12. Uh, in some cases, right. I've heard a couple hundred. I'm like, no which, way. <laughs> which and I, and it's just like a, the perspective of what is going on and what the, you know, that in my mind, it, it you, everything gets so complicated with what you were talking about, your scenario where you're in your medical grow and, and the numbers are so tight, but then you walk over to the rec grow and, and the numbers are different. And I, we have, you know, we have similar stuff. I have my rec license and then I have my med, medical grows. Um, you know, I have a couple of rooms, you know, that I do my medical stuff in and I make seed in. And then I have a hemp license all on the same property that I own and live on. And it's my, we, you know, but it's legally broken up into these different, you know, things. And really, what am I just trying to do? Like, I'm just trying to do my thing and like breed my cannabis and make my cannabis and make the cannabis I need to consume and, and grow the cannabis that I need to sell to take care of my family. You know, um, it's, it's really should be, should be that simple. Like the dude is into cannabis, here, you know, you could do it. Here you go, you know, or, you, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of long for for full legalization. I know it's going to be really weird and it's going to be shitty and there's going to be a lot of downfalls, but um, I really think it should be treated like tomatoes or whatever else that you can just grow it and do do the thing, you know. Uh, I agree. I agree. And I I've seen you talking on uh, the future cannabis product project uh, one night uh, that you you hope that uh, legalization will bring back like a. Uh, a farmer's market in that aspect, you know, it'd be so common that, you know, we'll be able to bring back like a farmer's market type uh, atmosphere. And that's the way I believe cannabis should be, you know, grown and sold like that, you know. There's just no way the wreck market, they, they can blame us home growers all they want, but it's it's the way they're approaching it, you know, with the limited amounts of strains that uh, is going to push people to the home grows in the black market. You know, you can only, there's thousands of great strains out there and the rec market's going to want to limit that down to 20 or under, you know, they're not going to want to grow hundreds or they're not going to want to have this much special. They're going to want to dial things in so they can just hammer it out over and over again. And nobody, you know, that'll be fine for some people that don't want to grow, but there's always going to be them passionate folks like us that just want to taste something new, have something different, you know, and I, they're just never going to be able to capture that market. I 100% agree. It's it's really hard for them. 
I mean, there's a facility up the road that it is, it's fairly large. It's a big greenhouse, you know, $12 million facility. And uh, they've, they've done all the right things. They hired, the, you know, some smart people. They, they brought in some of the best uh, consultants, you know, people that I know and work with. And they're, they're, they're doing some okay weed, but they're, they're really struggling, you know. And it's, 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 it's because of the setup. You know, and I don't mean that like the, the physical setup because the structure of the facility is, is awesome, but the way it gets corporate and decisions have to be made and all that stuff, it, it ends up being hard for the plants to deal, deal with that because they're not on that, that schedule and on those budgets and like they can't make those compromises. They're just fucking you know, trying to survive and, and live and do their thing, you know, <clears throat> like for instance, I shouldn't, you know. Well, they had a they had a bunch of you know I'm not going to name them personally but they they had like 12 different soil types that they were growing in, and they were asking me how I could help you know modify some things and I was like well what are your soil tests and he's like well, well from which area you know it's all different soils and all and I'm like well well <laughs> you know can you imagine if you like look back in your room and each pot was a different soil type and hey you had a different nutrient and a different like you'd go fucking nuts man and multiply that to a four acre facility you're like what <laughs> yeah you know and I, and I wasn't blaming and i wasn't blaming the grower and that's i'm not talking any shit i'm not trying to talk any shit i it, it, it with the way it came out in the wash with it it was all the way that the decisions got made from the top down you know what i mean and it was just an unfortunate events type deal well it sounds like in that instance um, so for all those reasons maybe. yeah i agree man they're, they're gonna have a hard time it seems like oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but it seems like in that instance there, when you got so many different environments going on, it, you'd be begging for trouble. I mean, how could you ever dial in one, you know, uh, SOP there for when everything's different? You know, I mean, you'd it seemed like you'd want to dial in one soil, keep it in, keep everything, you know, in check with that. But but the business plan, well, the, bu- the business plan was written not with a full understanding they, they didn't sit down with and write the business plan with a dude that's been sitting with plants for 10 20 years they wrote the business plan after learning what they learned you know from what they could learn on the internet which is pretty awesome and really amazing like but there there's some like the experience factor that, that you, you can't take into you know to actually walk, walk it out you know it's like well no we wrote the business plan the business plan says we have to have 30 cultivars in this facility you know, we have to have, the, you know what I mean? Because they had this whole fucking plan to make the edible, the tincture, the vape pens, the whatever, you know. I always enjoy the business end of it there. It's, they never seem to line up too uh, correctly in the beginning there. It, it only seems to work if you can somehow or another manage to be the one man team throughout the whole thing that sees the the vision and can walk it through it seems like every time uh people like myself that are inspiring to go that next step and have to take in the partner which nine times out of ten uh doesn't grow unfortunately it's just the money (laughs) uh that's where they butt heads where you know things on paper necessarily doesn't necessarily uh Fit things in the grow sometimes they don't understand how things work and should be and it it can be quite a for a lot of people getting started like that it's 
it's yeah yeah it's a rough go but uh, you know um i feel like uh for myself anyways i've had a rough go in the rec market um i've learned a lot of things and, and had to learn to learn things about myself and and uh and, and dial myself back you know and, and you know really the name of the game is to make money you know um I love cannabis, obviously. I'm super into it. You know, I, I, I talk about it all the time. I'm really just about growing the plant and smoking it and, uh, and getting deep into that. And, and, um, but, but, but I've, I've chosen to do that to make my money, you know, too, so that I can focus only on that. And that's kind of my like lifestyle choice. And, and the making the money part is, is for me uh, in this recreational scene, you know, back in the day, was no it was no big deal you know because a, a few pounds would, would take care of you you know um but it's been a rough ride man um and I, i'm really excited I'm, I'm proud to say that i've weathered it you know and i think it's because i we were smart enough to set it up so that it's our property me and my wife um we live here with our with our son and um so we don't have a, to pay a rent to somebody you know people that have these, these uh recreational facilities you know just for a piece of land they pay three four grand a month and then they have to build their fence and their infrastructure and bring in the power and the water, et cetera, buildings, greenhouses on top of all that, you know? And so then if you're not, if you have any bumps in the road, you're really, you're really in it. You know what I mean? So I've just had the, the grace to just have to pay my mortgage, which has been cool, you know? And, um, and, but, but recently I was just going to, going to brag, this is a little dirty wrapper here, but I recently got product into stores, um, two different ways ways we got a little label here i don't know if you can see it um i'm kind of proud it's it's stained but um my little logo there my buddy brian uh drew for me and he was um a friend i met in portland oregon where i used to live where i met my wife and i was there playing music uh and snowboarding and i actually got hit by a car and that's that's where i got um into growing cannabis was was kind of through this experience of getting hit by a car and and this guy, Brian, that I met at that time was an artist and, and he ended up living with me. And, and, uh, so we become, we became good friends and, and he painted this uh, flower for me. Um, anyways, I'm really proud of it. I think it's really beautiful, but, uh, we got, I got RSO into the market, um, just recently and hash rosin, um, via my buddy Kaya Pacific Northwest roots. Um, I think you had him on, I believe I saw. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's uh, feels really good, man. And, and it, the hash sold out in like 48 hours. You know, he made the hash with my product. He, he put it through the, his network uh, with my jars and it was gone and we had good reviews, you know, and I, I was really excited. And then this, this RSO, we got really good test results and, it, and it, it's kind of hopefully kicking off here. And um, man, it's fucking just giving me a lot of, of, of breath of fresh air and, and, a, and a lot of you know i'm ready to fucking go now because if i can sell sell this product then i can do a lot more you know i've really been struggling building out my facility and like and and kind of having that that slow process you know because i'm the one-man show um you know like you say sorry i just kind of went went around all over the place on that but you know because i'm the one-man show it's been and i'm i may be a little bit slower than others it's been an interesting learning curve for me is what i kind of try to say It is kind of tough, but it's awesome being the one man show sometimes, you know, 
Ain't nobody to uh to you know point fingers at but yourself sometimes when things go up or down, man. Yes, sir. But yeah, we did hit Kai on the other night and hit a a bunch of uh, breeders over there from uh the Northwest 47 over there. We've had uh Bless Coast on, we've had Lemon Hoko on, of course, uh Pacific Northwest, and uh, I think there's a couple others it's that I'm not Seattle on. Chronic. Yep, yep, yep. Seattle Chronic was on as well. You know, it's a great group of breeders working up there. I think it's awesome that it's actually about time, actually, that a group of breeders are working together, you know, for the right reasons and moving uh, breeding, quality breeding forward. Instead of, you know, uh, hype times hype, you know, there's a lot of knowledge being passed around there, you know, and uh, respect for one another. That's the one thing I think is really cool that you guys, there's a level of respect and knowledge being shared from person to person over there. Instead of, you know, uh, somebody getting envious that this person's working with, you know, my strain or whatever. That's a the kind of sad part about breeding, you know, a lot of, that doesn't get talked about, you know, there's a lot of hard feelings in the breeding uh, side of things with people for one reason or another, you know, didn't feel they get enough credit for strains that they bred with or whatever, but that doesn't seem to be the case with the, uh, the Northwest 47 over there. You seem to be, you know, bonded together for the right purposes, just to push cannabis and breeding forward for the right reasons, quality breeding. And that's uh, pretty awesome. You know, it's off to all you guys involved over there on that. Yeah, man. Thanks. It's like, honestly, we're, 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 uh, we're trying to survive is the deal. And I don't mean to sound so doom and gloom, but it's, it's been a big transition, you know, where we used to, we all used to run our own little kingdoms uh, quite efficiently. And, and it was really fun. Um, it's, it's changed a little bit, you know, and, and so we're getting together at a bit out of necessity, but as it's happening, it's like, it's a bit of what we always wanted, you know, and didn't always want it, but didn't know we wanted it type thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I, I work with Kaya uh, on the regs. Um, he's washing more of my stuff. You know, it's, it's a, it's a back and forth thing now. Um, and uh, we're going to work with some of his stuff in the RSO and um this summer we're working together, you know, just in different stuff that we're going to run in the same, in the same venue. And we're making crosses. I'm going to be doing some, some, making some femme, uh, Kaya's coffee for him. Uh, um, because I have a facility and that's part of it too, is now we have all these big facilities, you know, that we can grow a ton of plants as many as we want. You know, the, the limitation is, is, is space, you know? Um, so it kind of, it, it kind of opens all that up and, and looking at the future, you know, I'm just kind of spitting, you know, the way, the way I'm thinking about things and the way I'm going, the reason I'm going, you know, I'm looking at the future and I'm looking at big pharma and what they're going to do. And, and I'm hearing uh, about the triploid genetics. Um, you know, I don't know if you've talked much, talked much about the triploid genetics, but um, that's next level shit. And that's real. It exists. Um, basically they're, they're a, another set of, of, of chromosomes and they um three times so you get you get a third more of everything a third more terpenes a third more cannabinoids a third more of everything else and it's just bigger and better uh, um 
And I think that's going to dominate the market and it's going to, it's going to be a real thing. You know, and I'm, I'm, it doesn't scare me, but it, it, it sobers me up a little bit. And it, it makes me realize that I really need to think about what I'm doing. And, and, and that's where like, you know, kind of what we were talking about that one man, that boutique thing that that's the producer of the, this really elegant thing, you know, um, that's honestly, I think something that our society is gravitating towards, you know, um, if you look at the beer market in the past um, 15, 20 years, um, 15, 20 years ago, everyone was drinking some version of uh, clear beer, you know, and, and a lot of people still do, you know, Budweiser, Pabst, uh, Milwaukee's Best, whatever the fuck uh, version of it there is. And then uh, the microbrews started hitting. And that started to get on. And now um, the, the microbrews that, that first came on, you know, um, I'm not going to name any names, but they're kind of at the level where the clear beers were. You know, like when I go into any store, any gas station, there's a rack of IPAs and they have mango and pineapple and their, their uh, imperial IPAs and their IPAs from the West Coast, the East Coast, the best coast IPAs. There's all sorts of Michigan style IPAs. You know, Michigan's got some great beers out there. Um, and, uh, and, and, and to the point where now the, the big beer companies, the Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, they, they're not going to miss their piece. So they bought, they bought all those fuckers. <laughs> You know, they bought not all of them, but they bought most of them. And and it's really it's really interesting. And so beer is stepping it up again. And now you're seeing like these nano distilleries where you have a guy in a in a pub, you know, two two or three guys that are five gallon uh, batches and just serving, you know, just what they can serve to their bar, you know, right there. And uh I don't know, I'm just kind of kind of going going a little bit off on it. But that's kind of where I see the weed thing going, you know, and and that that suits me to be that guy that that maybe uh someone comes wants to on Saturday drive up to my farm and buy an ounce you know maybe buy a half pound and and pick up uh you know a rack of clones for the summer you know type thing maybe some seeds like whatever the fuck you know um it's just a chill deal you know that was that's that's kind of like where I where I hope that we can get to anyways. I don't know where where to go go from there, bud. That'd be pretty awesome, you know. I, I'd be cool with that, you know. That's the level there that I hear in Michigan that, uh, you know, that's the next step up, I think, for me, would be, like, the micro. That's, you know, a nice obtainable license. Uh, it's 100 plants, and then you can in-house everything here. So you can, you know, grow, you can process everything and sell and like a storefront all in house, but you can't like, like sell out to other stores that basically, but they recently have like loosened it a little bit to where like if high times comes or there's like an event, you can go like pull a permit for like 200 bucks and uh, like a vendor at a at a show or whatever, which to me that's cool. I'd be happy with that as well, you know. But uh, that seems that's uh, like where we're right about where you want to be. A nice little mom and pop business, you know, just enough to sustain your own, but not be a huge headache, uh, and but maintain a huge quality. That's 
that's where right I want to be. I don't necessarily want to be Budweiser. I just want to, I want to be able to still produce my own cannabis and, you know, survive. That's, that's it. That was the goal to begin with. Yeah. And like, you know, um, it, 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 it's our, the way I think about society, I think that that's how we should be doing things more, you know, part of, we don't, we don't farm anymore as a whole. We have, very few farmers that grow a lot of food um and and i think that's where we've really got our fucking money messed up and got everything messed everything start started to get messed up there in my mind um if we had more farmers farming less land feeding smaller groups of people everyone would have a job and everyone would make more everyone would care more about what they were doing and produce a better product which would have more nutrition and have more happiness and joy and that, like it would transcend you know all these things and so like that the idea like you know of a hundred plants you know what i see when you were saying that i'm like that's that that means i would sell to my neighbors like 10 people i would have 10 to 20 customers tops you know maybe you know maybe maybe 30 with someone that came by once or twice a year type people you know and that would be fucking cool as shit. You'd get to know them. You'd grow what they wanted. You know, you'd be like, hey, try this new one. I know you like that, that strawberry one from last time. You know, this this might be, you know, how's your how's your kid doing? You know, try this cream, you know, whatever. You know, you, it would, that seems really fulfilling and, uh, and seems cool. Like, uh, it'd be cool to set up a, almost like your, uh, like an orchard type atmosphere. You know what I mean? You can come, maybe check out the plants, you know, pick out a certain variety you like or something like that. Maybe, like you said, they might be off making edibles or something off in the other wing. You can try like a fresh cookie or something like that. It'd be awesome, man. Take Make a day of it and stuff. There's so many variations on it, man. You can come out and pick out your plants and be like, no, I like. I want the diesel. I want the gany. I want the Thai. Throw them there. I'll be by in four weeks to see the progress. You know, Dutch. Like, I do the work, you know, or whatever, you know. There's so many versions on that. You know, people do that with, with vegetables where they have community vegetable gardens and they have Sometimes they'll have one farmer that oversees the whole thing and kind of keeps things going, you know. Um, but yeah, man, um, I, I, that all that stuff is 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 right right in front of us, you know. And, and to, to me, uh, it's not going to happen until till we get federal legalization, until the big boys come in and kind of disrupt it a little bit more. So I'm kind of okay with it. I kind of am, am anxious for it, you know. At the same time, I'm really fucking happy this just happened. You know, this kind of makes me feel like it's all going to be chill and good, you know. And, you know, and the fact that I'm on the show is really is really awesome and, and honorable. And I've got to go on, you know, another a bunch of other shows and talk about what I'm doing. And anyone even gives a fuck. Like, that's super cool, you know. And, and um, so I'm just kind of feeling like I'm realizing it, too. I also should tell you my birthday is next week, a week from today, and I'm going to be 40 years old. And so I'm kind of emotional and like kind of doing that, um, you know, reflective thing. And I am feeling kind of like, all right, this is this, and I'm having a baby in two weeks. Um, so there's a lot of that that's going on in, inside of me too, you know? So that's probably why I'm talking about it like that. That's pretty awesome. That's really awesome. You know, uh, 
Hell, you got a long way to go, man. You're young. You're young yet, man. Young. (laughs) (laughs) You got a long way to go in this field. So uh, you may ask you this. I ask this of a few people, but, you know, you're getting ready to have a a child. So how do you feel about uh, being able to possibly pass this on? You know, things are changing and they're changing fast. And there's a chance that, you know, when your children, my children already grew up, one of my children are in chat right now. <laughs> if you can believe that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's well, that's a whole nother story. But mine are older. Mine are 25, 21, and 17. And uh, 21's in the chat right now. And it's been a cool circle. Uh, but how do you feel about, uh, you know, as things progress, it might be a, a thing that's where you could quite possibly be a family tradition that you're passing on, you know, a, a regenerative farm, not just, you know what I mean? Wouldn't that yeah. be something awesome? You see them farms, you know, as you drive around the countryside, a hundred year farm, you know, wouldn't it be nice to pass along a regenerative hundred year cannabis farm and shit in five, five generations in the family and shit. That'd be awesome. Totally, man. And, and that, that's the dream. I mean, I have a four-year-old son and, and we, we moved here um, before he was born. And we moved here in August of 2016. He was born in January 2017. And um, he, you know, he, he, I joke to people uh, that my, he knows more about cannabis than, than half the bud tenders in the store. You know, and he doesn't consume, obviously, or anything like that, but he smells it. He walks in, he's, he's planted with me. He's, you know, he puts seeds in the ground. Um, he knows about the tiny bugs. He knows about how to make IMO. He does that, that with me. Um, you know, he, he eats so he drinks a little HN here and there. He eats IMO with me when his stomach isn't feeling good. Um, he can point out all the different flowers. He, he'll go and eat, run around in each section, you know, where we're at. He'll find the herbs that he likes. He'll be just like mowing them, you know. Um, it's the fucking coolest thing in the world. You know, it's, it's a, it's a true blessing. And this year COVID actually changed that because we weren't allowed to have our children in the garden until they were 21. Uh, but, but COVID they, they made an extension uh, for that because it was you know messing everybody up and cannabis was um, essential. And, and so that allowed him to be in there and it's been cool. You know, we've just been home gardening all summer. Um, and yeah, you know, it's funny, like, you know, he's got a really good memory and he'll, he'll start, you know, when I ask him, he'll ask about what plant, what, what, what plant were you working with today? And so, I, you know, with the occult strain I was working with, he'll be like, well, did you work on the sky cuddlers today, daddy? You know, just like, yes, I did. So, you know, it's cool. So, um, I don't want to pressure him into it, but I, I would be cool, man. Cool as shit if that's what he was into, because... Uh, but he's definitely can inherit a cool ass facility, you know, by the time I'm ready to, to hand it over. That's pretty awesome. That would be awesome. You know, and I'm still hoping, you know, I, my, like my girls are young. Uh, my oldest daughter has spent some time working with high times just in the cup aspect a little bit there, but she doesn't growing, but I'm still hoping I'd be way too eager to teach. I have the one that's in chat here that helps out from time to time. Again, I don't 
I don't push it, but I, I'm just waiting for that moment to, for questions. And yeah, they want to learn. I'll, I'm more than happy to teach, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, yeah. And, but and, that's and, not and, them like growing. I was just growing say, up you know, I didn't grow up around weed. You know, some of the, a lot of the guys in Humboldt and, and, and whatnot, they grew up, you know, some of them second, third, even fourth generation cannabis farmers. Um, and, and their knowledge and, and, and instinct is, 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 uh, is different than mine. You know, I didn't grow up in that, you know, I've been, I've been doing it for a minute, but, um, <clears throat> that's something that's going to be instinctual to my son, whether he chooses to, to, uh, be involved with, with cannabis or, or with farming or whatever, he's going to be connected to the natural world. He already is, you know, which is really fucking cool. Um, you know? So, you know, we kind of skipped to get right to the middle there. Uh, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, so when did you actually, when was your first experience? When did, uh, what set your fire off with uh, cannabis there? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your first experiences. When, what actually was, yeah. started leading you down the road? Well, what really got me into it was um, I got into a bicycle accident um, when I was l- later on, like I was 26, I think. Um I was riding my bike. I was in Portland, Oregon. I was going to play to a coffee shop to meet a friend. Uh, we were going to record some music and we had a whole, whole two weeks ahead of us of recording and they were coming in town to with a bunch of gear and to do the recording. And I was really, really excited. I got into a, I got hit by a car and it fucked me up big time. Um, I had started growing before that, but it was, it was just a total side hobby. Um, not really wasn't my focus. Music was really what I was focusing on and, 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 and climbing. Um, but that, that car accident really changed everything, you know? So before that, it was, uh, you know, my relationship to cannabis was I, I, I had, uh, I just, you know, my mom grew roses, a ton of roses. She was really into roses and everywhere we went on vacation, um, she'd take us to different rose gardens or these, I remember we'd go and see, it would always be an old man, like a, a 70, 80 year old man who could hardly walk around, who, who just like had this dope ass garden. And it would be like four, five, six greenhouses. And uh, she'd be looking for these, you know, certain varieties of roses. And, and we were really, you know, as kids annoyed by it, but I learned how to plant roses and, and do all that stuff as a kid. And so when, I was playing music and smoking weed and we, you know, we were living in the house and we we're all smoking a lot of weed. It's like, fuck, this is a plant, you guys, <laughs> you know, this ain't that hard. And so that's what kind of, they just, it was just like that, you know, for me. And, um, and then when I got hit by the car, everything changed and it, and it was like, um, I got hit, I got hit pretty hard and I was, I was, a, I was a climber. I used to guide and in the summers and play music in the winters. And, um, it was pretty gnarly though. I, I, I was, um, not able to do any of those things ever again, really. Um, and, um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I went through a number, like three or four years of re- recovery, you know, off of, from that incident. And I'm still, I still suffer from pain. You know, I still have back spasms. I still have 
pain all over my body, mostly in my back, you know, from it, but, um, I work and I'm able to do stuff and I, and, and a lot of the pain is induced, but, uh, it wrecked me for a number of years. And so, so I, I became a, 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 a patient hardcore really, really quickly, you know, where I, I started growing a ton and, and pretty soon, you know, within six months of that, that injury, I had the whole basement full of weed and I was smoking a lot of weed and, and just kind of went down that journey really hard, really quick. And, you know, a year later I had my own house and was just, just running, you know, and having a blast. So, yeah, that was kind of, that's what got me going. Damn. Sorry to hear about that, about the accident, man. That's, uh, the climbing, it was pretty awesome. I've done just a small, I used to climb trees for a living, so I'm not climbing mountains or anything. Pretty well strapped in on my climb there and going yeah. too far when I'm roped around it. <laughs> Being roped around what I'm climbing isn't nearly as like climbing straight up something without uh, being looped around. Quite different there, but uh, awesome feeling. It's pretty similar, man, to be honest. It's pretty similar, you know. Uh, a lot of the same techniques in terms of rope work and stuff. But uh, sucks that uh, you, that was taken away from you, man. It's I would, that must have been one hell of an accident. Must have maybe messed up your bag terribly. I mean, bad, bad. Yeah, I um, I um, I actually was my fault, a hundred percent. I was, I was, I might have even been smoking a joint or whatever a spliff back and then. I smoked a lot of tobacco, but I, I ran a stop sign on my bike. Um, and I was going really hard. Like, you know, I was a climber. I'm a risk taker type person, you know, so I, I would ride pretty hard and do everything pretty hard. And um, I, I remember I, I ran that stop. I don't know why I laughed, but I, I took it really hard that day because I was excited to go meet my buddy. And I looked up and that car was coming right there. There was no time for anything. And it hit me in the shin. And I, I, my handlebars hit, hit, hit the hood and then I just popped straight up and, uh, and endoed and landed. I had those, the U-shaped bike lock, you know, with the bar, you know, those big metal bar. I had that right in my back pocket, you know, uh, in my pants. And I landed directly flat. I, that made a square contact on the ground. That was the first thing that hit. So it was just like my whole body weight on that bike lock. And, um, I was fucked up. Like my, everything was numb. Everything was numb. And, uh, I didn't have any insurance. I had nothing, you know, I just got laid off. This was, yeah, it was, it was, and, um, so I just got, I just picked the bike up and, you know, I was like too scared that this lady was going to sue me because it, it you know, it, it's not like bikers right away. Like I, I, I ran that stoplight and fucked her car up and I don't know. So I just walked away and, um, and weed kind of saved me because I didn't have anything else at that moment. I was, I, I was like really hurting and I had, and then I had this, this little grow and my buddy came and he, uh, he, he basically harvested it, sold it and like gave me some cash and gave me some weed. And I was like, I, I took half dude. I'm like, you took half and I got, you know, half pound of weed or whatever pound of weed, whatever the fuck it was and a thousand, two thousand bucks. I was just like, holy shit. You know, and that's we just we just kind of went crazy. Um, but yeah, 
and and, and the, the 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 you know looking back like it, it is what it is and I, I wouldn't i don't i wouldn't go back and choose that by any means uh, but uh, because i went so deep into it so hard so fast and i was using it medicinally like i was just smoking like we weren't there wasn't enough awareness about RSO or all these other things. So I would just smoke the fucking shit out of weed, you know, quarter pound, half pound, pound, two pounds a month sometimes. Like I was smoking a lot. I was just walking around the house in pain, smoking weed, you know, people that have, that deal with that still. Um, I, I know a little bit about that. I don't deal with it that bad anymore, but it was a, it was a rough moment for me. Um, but, it, but I, I got to like, start to learn strain when you're that sick you know and you're smoking that much weed you can really start to dial down what works and what doesn't work um so really quickly i landed on onto bubba kush and and it started going down that kind of whole venue all the cushions the obama fish cherry pie you know stuff like that gorilla glue it's basically chem chem stuff you know So what was you? Uh, what were you growing in? What was your growth style back then? Was it organic back then as well? Um, the very first thing I did actually was not. It was Fox Farm, uh, Hydrogen, Ebb and Flow system, and then uh, when we got serious, we moved into doing pots because we were limited by numbers, so we could do twenty-four mature plants um you know once you stack the cards um so we we do 24 pot, 20 gallon pots and we use those big rubber made totes the round ones drill the holes out the bottom like why do you do why do we do this stuff why not just go get nursery pots you know no we had to go and do something stupid um and then we'd uh i i I, because I, I was a climber and that was had really changed me. You know, I didn't grow up eating organic or having that awareness, but it, I, my time spent in the mountains really started to change my awareness for the natural world and how that, that started, that worked. And I, I started to understand how microbes were affected by humans uh, bef before I even understood anything about plants. You know, I was understanding that my presence in nature was fucking it up. Um, and so I was coming from that perspective. And so then when I started to grow cannabis, uh, you know, we, we graduated. My buddy was growing um, advanced nutrients and he was kind of teaching us. And so I started going down to the growth store and and just do you know, my thing. I asked questions and figured, get to the bottom of shit, you know, and start asking, asking, asking. And all of a sudden, well, this one, you know, one guy says, uh, you know, if you really want to do the best, you got to go organic. Well, of course you know and then so i'm like all right well let's how do we do that and he shows me the price i'm like oh fucking the price that's why we don't do that you know um so then we, we we did a run and made you know a couple thousand bucks each or whatever we made and and uh i i told the guys I was like yo we got to do this organic thing and and then we went in to go buy it and they, they the price came up and they're like fuck you dude you know i got voted off the island it was three dudes. And um, so then I, I, you know, I'm stubborn. I'm like, well, you guys got to at least give me, you know, two plants here, two pots to do, you know, I got to prove to you guys that this is better. 
And so I, I, I went and did my thing and, you know, we're all sharing the economics on it. Right. And I, I do the organic bio biz thing. And, and that just kind of, just, that's where I got, that's where I got the bug for organics and, and the, the better taste and, and, and then understanding that. And then um, from there, I, uh, I just got kind of really serious and about the whole thing. And I, and I, and I, and I met a dude who kind of mentored me into living soil. Um, and he was a, a homeless guy who was, who was an activist in the area and had, had been growing weed for a very long time. Good buddy of Jack Harris and um, strong activist dude. And uh, but kind of, you know, office office rocker a little bit, you know, just just kind of, you know, a dude, right? And he ended up living with us for a little bit. And, and for like three months, me and him just talked weed every day, all day. And he taught me a ton, um, a ton about how to care for plants. You know, I was doing all right, but he just like kind of up my whole awareness in a big way. And, and then during that time, I was also reading. I, it was going down to um, um, the bookstore Powell's. Portland has like the largest bookstore in the world. I think, it, you know, or, or U.S. or some shit like that. But it's called Powell's and it's like four, three or four city blocks. It's big. And uh, I would go down there and I just read every, almost every book in the organic gardening and farming section. Um almost all of them in, in like the core over the course of like two or three years um trying to figure out what i wanted to do you know um, i knew i wanted to farm i knew i needed to be outside i was really getting anxious with being in portland there's you know not the city and and um so it was kind of over those those years that i learned really how to how to do the trade and, and then and then was able to step up from there into doing some vegetable projects and then when legalization hit um in Washington, I just, I came, I was not in, in state, you know, I grew up in Washington, but I was actually in Minnesota and I just came straight home and, and, and went hard at, at the hustle, you know, right off the get. So since 2014, I've been going crazy, you know, I, I, I had a, you know, cause I was doing vegetables. And so I, I moved across the country with, I think four lights, two lights and a couple plants and uh, just went just gangbusters, you know. It's been a kind of a, a scraping, clawing my way to building a farm, you know, but, but warehouses, farm rentals, into buying a farm and developing it. And it's been a long hustle, man. Sounds like a good hustle, though, man. It sounds like you've uh, been able to at least, you know, do what you like to do, what you're passionate about, maintain that as well, man. That's, that's key. You know, uh, I'm really a one person that's an advocate for doing what you love. You know, that's, if you, you your soul's the only thing that you're able to take with you. So why not feed that, uh, you know, throughout, do what feels good, you know, help other people out, you know, it just seems what's what the right way to live. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't take none of it, all the other bullshit with you. So you might as well use what you got to help others out and make other people happy. Feeding the soul is, you know, like I said, that's the only thing that you can take with you. So you might as well be fat for your journey. <laughs> is that oh, the yeah. way I see it? Uh, totally. Sounds up. Uh, the experience with Jack must have been uh, 
pretty amazing. I mean, talk about feeding the fire there. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine any one person that uh, would to spend time with to uh, feed the cannabis <laughs> fire. I, I, know, man. So, I, 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 I didn't. I let me correct you. I didn't get this. He was the the guy who I who I, I learned from. His name is Barry Joe. Um, that he um, he was a friend of Jack's and, and ended up he was actually referenced in his, his book some of the the research he did as he went down to the Library of Congress and 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 pulled up all the files on how they used to grow hemp back in the day, and that was part of like you know part of the, the education that you know he was as he was teaching me you know and it, it, you know because he went down and, and started reading all the documents how they used to farm hemp right and then we talk about how in Kentucky they grow for seed. You know, and they and they plant the plants 12 feet on center and they grow big fucking bushes because they wanted mass, you know, and they wanted to just fucking populate the seed. You talk about it, they go up to Indiana or wherever the fuck and they'd want to be growing for uh, fiber. And so they grow the really close together and the stock straight up, you know, ton, tons of seed, you know, and um, and then translating that into an indoor garden. And then they can talk about Thea Green and, and, and or versus like, you know, managing bigger plants like I was doing because we were limited by plant count. And so we were learning to manage canopy, you know, which is it's all managing canopy, whether it's managing it, you know, in one big plant or many little plants, um, you know, in an indoor scenario, especially you're really trying to fucking maximize that space, you know. But yeah, so I, I didn't get to spend any time with him. I was just trying to clarify that. But um, um, it, Barry Joe was it was quite a, a cool. Is a quite a cool dude. Um, we don't really hang out. I'm not. We're not in the same place anymore. But uh, yeah, learned a, learned a ton from that dude. Uh, so it's kind of cool that uh, you actually started down the uh, organics route, you know, from the climbing. I wouldn't have expected that, you know. I thought it would have maintained right, you know, from the cannabis and wanting a quality, more quality product. But you you said it actually stemmed from, you know, being out in nature and wanting to do the right thing, you know, from there. That's pretty cool. You know, that's one aspect from the organics I haven't heard, to be honest with you. It's usually from the gardening aspect and it's a transition but you know uh being out in nature and then starting from there is a whole new and it seems more right to be honest with you i think nature just gets you one way or the other you know that's where that's where we've evolved from you know we evolved from being more in tune with nature and, and you know you know every generation back and the generation before that was more in tune with nature it just in the simple fact that they were more were closer to dirt, closer to soil, and I don't know. That's my that's my theory on it, you know. And so the more any, any way you get get to that, you know, maybe it's it's doing a, a synthetic hydro three gallon pots on a tray, but you're you're changing that that soil, even if it's a soilless media medium, you're changing that every time, and it just starts to change you, change the way you think about something. You see a plant growing. And then, you, you know, you, you get to harvest the fruit and you start to learn how it's metabolizing and feeding and what you're feeding it. And, you know, it, it just changes you, you know, one way or the other. It changes you, you know, and it's cool. 
I've said that a thousand times myself so far is there's, you know, I think it's recreation for a lot of people, even though, you know, some people may be prescribed it as a medicine, but I think it's once they start, a person starts cultivating that it, they go around that curve there. I mean, if after that first, first run, that completion, that's when it grabs you, you know, you know, you feel like you've done something special <laughs> and uh, it just pulls you in, you know, from then on, you have a whole new respect for the plant. And, uh, you know, that in itself is a medicine cultivating the plant. I've said that quite a few times. Cultivating it is a whole medicine in its own that a lot of people don't talk about. You know, it's that time in the garden is, I think, just as uh, gratifying as ingesting the plant, to be honest with you. So much of it, man. So much of it. You know, a lot of us, you know, it's a common thing that people say that you know, cannabis saved me or healed me or helped me or lifted me up or keeps me going or whatever form of that, you know. Um, and, and for me, just every every level, you know, I told you about the injury and it met, it met my, 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 my pain needs, but at the same time I couldn't, I was like 26, 27, you know, just lost the thing that I had been doing, you know, the thing I was most passionate about, the only thing that I was really probably good at, at that, that I felt good at, you know, climbing and being in the mountains, snowboarding, um, took that away from me and my ability to earn, you know, so now like, you know, I'm just, you know, that's what I was, I just remember those emotions and feeling that and, and cannabis gave me money. It gave me, and I was able to spend that money uh, to go see doctors and physical therapists and massage therapists. Um, I was going like two or three times a week to the to, the, to all these people, chiropractor. Um, it gave me the time to get educated, it, it, and and then and then the, the parts that we're just talking about now, where the actual soil was changing me, the microbes in the soil were changing the way I think, and and my experience and growing the plant in the way that it, it affects me. Like everything was just, you know, morphed. Um, so it's been, it's been, uh, from there, it's just been like, it's been a whole, like, I love the, love the, you know, going down the rabbit hole. It's such a, you know, and we, we called it this year, that was last year, the conference going deeper down the rabbit hole, but that's just such an appropriate term, you know, it, it, there's so so many avenues you can go go into. You know this RSO I was talking about. This is a totally new avenue for me um, that I wasn't into at all um, six months ago. I mean, I knew about it. I've made it before, but my bud, my buddy Nick Risden, um, he's on he's on IG a lot. He's um, I don't know if you follow him, but he's he's been sick with a bunch of tick diseases, and he eats a lot of RSO, and and, and we we spend a lot of time talking on the phone, and he tells me about it, and so. You know, I started eating some more RSO this last year and different types, and it's kind of resulted in putting this product out. It's, you know, it's just it's cool, man. You know, there's so many different, you know, avenues, rabbit holes, whatever you can go down with this plant, this, you know, this thing. Like breeding. Let's talk about breeding. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some breeding. Uh, what are you, uh, what are some of the things you're working with? I mean, uh, you said you just, uh, dropped some things over there with, uh, Kaya. 
what are some of the things that uh, you work you've been working on? Well, uh, the you know it's it's been a transition to coming out to outdoor. So I was always indoor and and then in warehouse and living soil in in warehouse and then you know knew I had to move to greenhouse because that was going to be the model and now it's probably going to produce better better weed you know the sun uh, and then getting to, to outdoor and so that's been like a total shit show for me the last four years growing outdoor weed where i live it's just not doable it's very hard very very hard if at all doable um and so the, the the last handful of years it's just been me searching through genetics to be able to find stuff that will work and last year was probably the worst year um, in terms of cold weather coming in early and hard um, and then persistent um, wet you know we, everybody knows it's wet here but for, it was persistent wet it got we, we had a hard frost hard freeze the second week of September and then it just rained hard every day you know like usually when you look at the the NOAA it says rain every day all day every day here you know but that doesn't mean it rains all day that just means it drizzles at some point you know and that's like check that day it rained right that's you know uh, not like the midwest where the midwest when it rains it's like and then stops you know it's not here it's just like drizzly shit um but but that that last year um 2019 it just fucking rained hard every day all day and i just like watched these plants just melt the fuck away you know and they couldn't take it and then the only ones that kind of you know, I lost my basically my whole crop outdoors, and uh, the only things that made it were these two crosses um, that this dude made, um, urban turf farmer uh, down in. He actually made the made the selections down in Southern California, believe it or not, where it's dry and hot. Um, but he made these crosses. Uh, and it was a lime vine cross testerosa, and black lime reserve cross testerosa, and. Um, and so I made I made some selections of there, there made F2s and have gone off with that kind of is is you know being the you know one one of the first male males that I was using was from those F2 lines of those those two ones and then since then I've made a bunch of other stuff um, that I've crossed and, and and kind of got nuts from there but the, those were kind of the ones that I, and I'm, I'm working those into F3s so the, this year. Um, I took those and opened them up into larger populations. I think the, the Black Lime Reserve Testerosa, I did 1,500 seeds I opened up. And on the, the Lime Vine Testerosa, I did around 800 um, because I have this big facility. So all in all, I ran about 6,000 seeds this year. And that's kind of what I'm, you know, is one of this, one of the strengths I have is that it is just me and I can do as many fucking plants as I can do. And, and, and it's really about the search because I'm really after making some good shit, you know? And um, so that's what I, the last two years is what I've been doing is running through these big populations. That's what I did again this year. There was a bunch of other stuff that I ran in the mix. Uh, and, um, and then what I came out with, um, I'm, I make crosses of in my indoor grow rooms, you know? And so um, I have the last year's worth of crosses that I made that are in testing right now. And then as soon as those 
um, in about, you know, nine, 10 weeks, um, I'll be ready to release, you know, most of those, assuming they're all kosher. And so, uh, yeah, so there, there are a lot of them are, are F1s, F1 crosses, if you will. I mean, they're not true F1s, but crosses, but, um, you know, on, on the mother stock that I, I've been, I've been gathering, you know, and, and I'm blessed to be to have what I have you know I'm I'm stoked on the dog walker I talk about the dog walker a lot I don't know if you've ever had a chance to have the dog walker man no not yet yeah yeah, it's 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 really fucking cool man it's it's gassy as fucking hell it's the one for me um it kind of has this marshmallowy um flavor to it um with a lot of gas and lime um and it's loud as fuck, dude. Like, like it's just very strong, you know. Like pungent, the weed that you know that like dank. When you when you heard the word dank, and you're like, oh yeah, I know, I know what dank weed is. That's dog walker. Um, so that's like one of my favorites, and I've been doing a bunch of crosses with that. And um, I got to give the Gary Paytons. I'm pretty happy with. I, I've, I've got. I got Got the test dress on there, test for uh, the lime vine test dress on there, and the black lime reserve test dress on there. Um, the Medellin, um, I got some crescendo. I have uh, a really cool reunion islands of mall that I got um, from a friend, Beth Schechter. Pop some seeds and have been and holding this clone for the last year and a half. And so I've crossed that up a bunch. And uh, this one that I, I got to get a bunch of photos out. That's an Ethiopian seed. That's all. It, that's all that I know is Ethiopian shashamani from uh, my buddy Itao Foundation. And um, I've done a bunch of pollen checking on it and grown it outdoors. But this is the first time I grew it in the greenhouse, and it is fucking. It, it blows me away outdoors. It was, it was awesome. It's super resinous and thick resin on the inside, but it is next level brilliant in the greenhouse. Um, I'm just, and it's earthy and musky. Um, it's a really cool fucking deal. And so I've got that crossed with, with a bunch of those. And yeah, so, so, the, so, the, so, come, so coming up, I'm going to release some of that stuff. And then this next year, um, I'm going to try to open up into bigger populations. And that's kind of going to be my game plan is to keep s- sifting through as many large populations and increase those populations to the point where maybe uh, I can get up to ser- ser- searching through 10,000 seed of one cultivar, you know, 20,000 um, and, and necking that down and finding the very, very best, you know, and, 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 and then getting that generation track down the ways to a seven or an eight, you know, or nine, and then have a number of those things in my gene pool, you know, where I have a bunch of eights, nines, F eights, F nines, S eights, S nines, and then taking those and making those crosses. And then those are, those are what, where the money makers are going to be, you know, or where, where I'm trying to get after and something that I could put in productive production, you know, that a, that a greenhouse company or producer, you know, is going to be, fucking stoked on it's going to be consistent they can pop all every single bead and you know be you know we can feminize them they can be female and they can uh produce the fucking thing you know with with 
all the things that you want. And, and in my situation, I'm breeding mostly towards, uh, well, one resistance, mildew and, 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 and resistance, but I grow in greenhouse too. So it's, and I grow year round. Um, so it, kind of the, the genetics that I'm working on, in my opinion, are going to be really best for every greenhouse producer, you know, in the winter that wants to do winter runs because it's cold, it's wet. Um, you have to, the, the, the plant roots are usually a little, little bit colder. Um, and then secondly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for flavor and, and effect. Um, it's gotta be fucking loud. I smoke all day. It's gotta be really fucking loud. And it's gotta get me really, really stoned, you know? So uh, is it all just ba basically heavy indicas that you prefer over there? Or do you like a super loud sativa? I, I do prefer pretty much heavy indicas. Um, you know, there's definitely some the crosses and the polyhybrids, um, but I've definitely leaned towards Afghani shit for sure, 100%. I got to go through some of that this year too, which was a, a really an honor. Um, to go through some Afghani stuff. I had uh, my buddy Kev Jodri um, sent me um, some seeds from a friend of his and I had a whole selection um, and they had, they had a rough time, you know, in this climate, but I was able to make some good selections and make, put some, some pollen on them and, and make the next generation. So I'm going to just keep doing that every year and um, get to some stuff that, that I think, you know, hopefully will be really strong and work out here, you know, and, and, yeah. You guys ever think about uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the autos over there? I'm into it, man. Um, I'm really into it. I, I kind of started uh, started to the dabble. I, I have a, a couple acres up front and I started a couple years ago got a hemp plot going and was like thinking I was going to breed towards auto hemp's smokable auto hemp flowers um and what I realized at the end of the season was I was I was too distracted it was too much and that um I really really had passion for what I like to smoke and I should you know I felt like I was just going to be most successful focusing on that and so I kind of backed off on that and over the last couple of years, I, 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 I've met a couple, met a bunch of people and a bunch of these different breeders. We've become better, better friends and spend a lot more time talking and, and doing shows and learning from each other. And, and Dan from uh, Mandalorian Genetics, um, Bull Duplex, he's become a, a, a good homie. And um, so he and I are, are doing some projects together and we've been, we've been kind of talking about it for a while. But uh, this next round here, I'm about to pull down uh, a crop here in the next two or three weeks. And then right after that, we're going to do a feminized run of his Bobby's Widow um, that, uh, that he's, he's, done, he's won some awards on and super gassy and frosty. And, and so we're just going to do it. I might use my greenhouse to make a big run of that, that Bobby's Widow. Um, and so I feel like, to, like that, that, I guess to answer the question, um, I feel like my way to be involved in that is to work alongside someone like him who's got to been doing it for 10 years you know he's just been breeding autos for 10 years and, and he's super experienced and um you know for me to jump into it i'm jumping into it a little bit um 
you know, I'm having to learn, learn something else, which is cool. I like learning things, but I don't know, just kind of working out that I have friends that, that, that do all these other things, you know? So and like there, I, I talked to this guy, uh, Hoku today, Hoku seed, and he's a CBG hemp farmer. So I think we're going to do some stuff on my, uh, my hemp property up there together, you know, and just kind of work together more collaboratively, you know, and it, it's kind of, we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, it still, it still gives me the ability to be, be king of my farm, but also to uh, work with some homies and, and make a cooler thing together, you know, for all of us. So that's my thoughts on the autos. We're going to dump, we're going to also pollen chuck uh, all of, all of my uh, clones at the same time when we feminize those Bobby's widows. So we'll see where that goes. You know, I'm on kind of on the fence myself with them, you know, but I, I kind of had this weird like revelation the other day. I have so like my mind works in like some wild ways, I guess. <laughs> but I was like talking with somebody on the show the other day, and for some reason, I just had a thought about the autos, and you know, I've got for some reason my mind stays a lot towards Oklahoma. I don't know why Oklahoma seems to be calling me. That unlimited plant count. Uh, is very attractive for somebody like myself. I'm, you know, I love popping seeds. I've ran quite a few cultivars, but with it's a numbers game here. You can't keep everything, you know, and uh, you know. But if you could, if you're in Oklahoma, you could run a lot of stuff and keep a shitload of moms. That'd be the place to be, have those numbers that you're talking about right there. It would be there to just pheno hunt set them aside, move forward, set it aside. But, you know, what I've, again, but the problem with that is they're, they you know, they're right there in freaking Tornado Alley. So what I had in that revelation the other day, I'm thinking, man, a lot of them guys are probably going to try to go with photos first time around. And, man, if they do that and some tornado comes through, that could be, you know, bad news, man, for and discouraging for an, uh, an emerging market there. You know, I can see that taking on a lot of folks. But uh, if you were to learn to work with, uh, you know, photos, you know, geographically in them areas, you know, get off and work around the tornado season. Same thing down in Florida. Hurricane season down over there. You know what I mean? Playing around with photos, you know, and leave leave the good seasons to, you know, California where you can get all good photo crop outdoors. And, you know, I think that's, there's going to be a need for them geographically, but, uh, you know, and the, and the quality has come around. It's to somewhat as what, uh, from what I've seen, man, I've seen some people up there in Canada, boom farms, guy I've had on the show, man, that cat's grown some, Nice six, seven foot autos outdoors. That's my opinion. That's pretty impressive for an auto, you know. That's yeah, a long way I from mean, where they. I've only grown myself uh, one one uh, bag bag of seed, and uh, I just kind of open pollinated it because I, I was just like, you know, that's what that's what I felt like I wanted to do, and and the weed was like, all right, you know. And it was, you know, nothing I'm too, it was just like cherry weed, you know, 
nothing just like generic cherry, nothing strong, too crazy. And so I didn't think too much of it, but I've smoked some stuff that's pretty good. And Dan's stuff is pretty, pretty good. Um, he's got gas, man, for sure. And um, I think that I'm really going to be excited. Like I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, I won't, I won't pull any bullshit uh, when we run these in my greenhouse, but my, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy with my greenhouse and the soil that's going on right now. Um, it definitely has, I have issues, you know, that's not without issue by any means. And it, it's got a good qualities. And the thing that I'm, I'm most stoked about is the soil and uh, it, it's, it's really alive. It's got a lot, a lot of good biology and I can put unhealthy plants in there and they just start jamming. And so I think that, uh, and, and a lot of the autos are bred in pots and, and the triggering factor is when they, the roots hit the edge of the pots, that's what kind of triggers them to auto, right? So they, they can grow bigger pots and then get a bigger plant. Like you're saying, some guys will grow 15, 20 gallons and then get six foot plants. So my greenhouse is direct in the soil. It's raised beds that are direct in the soil. So I'm, we're, you know, and I'm not the first one to do this by any means, but I, I just think I have some really good biology and Dan has some really good genetics and fuck the two of us can't grow a good fucking batch of weed, you know? <laughs> so, uh, do you prefer the greenhouse over the straight up outdoors? Do you, it's, Two two hugely different environments there. Do you, I mean, if you had your choice, would you be rather be in the greenhouse or straight up outdoors? That lose you? Yeah, I can hear you now. I lost you. My headphones died, and it was taking a second for the speaker to switch over. So I lost what you were saying. Right on. I was asking you if you uh, prefer to be in a greenhouse or if you prefer to be outdoors, straight up outdoors. Yeah, your, your way. Greenhouse. greenhouse. Yep. And I think uh, if I had to redo from ground up, um, which I, I, I think about every now and again, um, I would dig out an acre, like 15 feet down, 20 feet down like a basement, I dig a big, big acre fill or half acre basement, uh, line it with cement and insulation, you know, all the way around under the whole fucking damn thing. Um, and, uh, and then put a greenhouse roof over it, you know, with the depth and growing that, um, I got to, to, to spend some time in uh, a Nexus greenhouse that was on slab with uh, solid walls, metal solid walls. And so it was kind of a hybrid warehouse with a, with a greenhouse roof. And um, I really liked the environment in there. It was just a nice work environment, you know, and it was very easy to control. Um, it, it was definitely the best of both worlds in terms of, you know, getting the lighting of the sun, the power of the sun, um, and then and having, in some of that like big control and so i thought i had the thought post that like oh man you just got to make that a basement that's the way to do it you know and be really, be really conserve the energy and, and then you can you can still have your beds can go direct into native soil still that way too you know and you can have all the, the aisles insulated and, and have radiant heating and the whole fucking nine you know 
Um, um. So, do you? Uh, how would you start off building a good soil for a greenhouse like that? Uh, would you start off building off the the ground layer there, the native soil? Or would you just start building right on top of that and let it grow native, grow into the native? I guess the, the answer is it depends uh, on what you got. You know, so first you got to test and find out what you got. You know, you need to do a per test and find out if you have enough drainage. You need to do a, do a soil texture test, um, go and scoop it up, put it in a jar, you know, shake it up and let the different layers form and sediment so you can look at and, and put a kind of percentage on it and see how much clay, how much silt, how much sand, how much organic matter um, is in there. And that gives you an idea of, of what you need to maybe modify, if anything, you know. Um, and from there you can you can modify, um, you know, if it's a good soil, you can just add some, you can look at the, get a nutrient test and see what nutrients you need to add. Um, you know, typically we add compost, you know, because compost adds organic matter and nutrients all at the same time, if it's good compost. Um, and that's a really relative term. There's it, most compost is bad. Um, so, you know, it, it really does depend in my situation. Uh, I, I, uh, am in a really clay ground ground here. And, um, because of that, I was, I was inclined to build up. And so I built hugel cultures up, you know, and, and, and I, you probably know what those are, but it's basically putting logs down and then layering different plant material and native soil till you get a big mound, you know, to grow on and you grow on the mound and it's up off the ground. So you don't have as much, the, the plants don't have to be in the wet. Right. Um, and I, and I have, have had success with those. And then, uh, this last year, I had a, a real good success with just putting, uh, even though I have a high clay soil, I just put l literally one gallon plant plants on the ground and I took them out of the pot, put them on the ground and, and put two to three scoops of compost around them, um, threw down some cover crop seed and some, some, some uh, seed, some mulch and overhead watered them and they took the fuck off. And um, that's how I'm gonna run the hemp this year and um, I'm t also taking on another another license uh, for a friend, and I think that's exactly how I run. I'll run it clones, then I'll just put put the, put them right on top of the soil, scoop compost around them, and mulch them, and and c call it a day. Um, you know, because the soil the soil can handle it. And it's not the best soil on its own, but if you have the biology there, you know, um, the biology is the, is the workhorse. You know, and that's the real key factor. Uh, in my mind is, is having the right biology and, and getting to the point where you can do that. And once you can do that, and, and, and that is just like, uh, just like, you know, how, if you know about, you know, about sourdough bread and they have a starter culture and that, that starter culture um, is this, this is carried on and is what, what the bacteria that, that you use to make the bread, the yeast, sorry, the yeast that you use to make the bread it, and it creates that certain flavor or the beer that has a certain yeast um, that is reproduced. It's the same thing. Um, you can make compost and reproduce bad microorganisms or, or organisms that, that aren't the ones that we necessarily want for cannabis. But you can also 
make compost, where you're reproducing the right microorganisms that are all thriving and in balance, um, and will just make the whole thing jam, you know. And so that there's a, a world of difference in, in there, you know. And that's like where you have to you go down the Elaine Ingham soil food web um, route, or you know, down into the K and F route. Um, you know, both those both those routes go down the route of isolating microbes and getting the, the exact ones, you know, and, and then once you do that, it's like they, they just plants just grow themselves. They just need water. You know, it's crazy. Um, yeah. It's a deep rabbit hole. Organics is definitely, definitely a deep rabbit hole. That's for sure. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm trying to debate if I want to jump down, keep down the organics rabbit hole. I had some other questions for you, but the organics rabbit hole can be quite, quite deep there. Uh, so I guess one of my immediate questions is, is soil, uh, how, how wet or dry, you know, that's, you know, layers is something that seems to be a hot topic right now. And uh, so it seems to me, you know, it's we're, we're you're trying to keep it on the dry side, basically. You know, you want to have some soft, wet pockets, but you want a uh, quick draining soil. I mean, how can I, you know, supercharge or thin out my soil to uh, keep it air more aerated, like cannabis likes? That, you know, in my opinion, cannabis loves an airy soil. So, and soil can't necessarily be airy all the time. That's, I think, necessarily in a living bed. I'm I'm worried about it getting to be airy because right now I'm coming from like a cocoa, and I think that's where, you know, even when charged with microbes in a cocoa environment, I think I I do all right. But I think it's that airiness of uh, being able to push that all the time that helps push things along. So can I do that and can I get take soil down to its just minimum, you know, and uh, make it super airy with a microbe and kind of supercharge it or no? 100%. Think about like um, in nature, if you, I, mean, I know you've seen like pictures where, where a cliff, where there's a tree growing off a cliff or, you know, a, a, a weed growing in a gravel pit, you know, or you know, a little piece of moss or lichen growing on a rock. Um, how the fuck does that happen? You know, how the, if, you know, it's, it's microbes, 100%. That the process is microbes turn rock, take, take rocks and turn them into minerals and make them plant available food. And, and, and the earth is a rock full of minerals and, that, and, and it's layers of that shit happening. And then humans have gotten involved and we've killed those layers of microbes and we've, we've imbalanced the system in order to where it's, it's fucked up and compacted. And so like, even though you may have a, a, a clay soil or, or compacted soil or all these things, if you get the right microbes in there, they, they make the, they make the, the, the pathways because it's just like an anthill, you know, but on a smaller scale. 
right? If you, know, if you remember those, like the ant, we could see the paths and the tunnels that all the ants would make. That that that's those are airways and pathways that the the microbes are making, and the worms and the microanthropods, and they're all making those, and they're they're making uh, glue that kind of holds and pulls moisture, so they're so that moisture is consistent. And even though when it rains and the rain comes down, it, there should be enough holes that the, the rain should just go right through and it shouldn't puddle up on top. And, and that rain is actually pulling in more oxygen into the soil, you know? And, and the whole thing is just like this ebb and flow. And, and at night, you know, that moisture comes up and then it comes down, you know, in, during the day. Um, and, and mulch is is really the fucking the thing one of the biggest learning curves for me in organics with or the biggest like aha simple stupid thing was when i learned to finally mulch all the time mulch is necessary because it whole it holds the 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 moisture at constant and so it's kind of back to the to the 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 concept of doing the proper composting or making the proper imo in, in doing that, you're really learning to create the, the right balance of ingredients, just like making a cake. You have the right balance of ingredients, uh, flour um, and, and, and baking powder, yeast and, and, and water. And then you and you keep it the right moisture. And then, and then that makes your cake. And if you get the moisture off, it, it, it gets, you know, goes one way or if you get too much moisture, too little, it goes one way or the other. Same thing with the soil. You get too much moisture, you you start selecting for a, a, an atmosphere of in a certain atmosphere with where certain microbes are going to thrive, and those aren't necessarily you know if it's too wet, then those aren't necessarily the microbes that you want for your cannabis. And if you go too dry, those aren't the microbes that you want for your cannabis either. So you want to be like right in the sweet in the sweet zone. Um, that's a little bit different than in synthetic growing, you know. Um, in synthetic growing, it's really, we found it, it, that it's advantageous to have a dry out period and a wet period. And so you'll have like a flood, a lot of, that's why the, the flood and the, you know, the dry thing. And a lot of people do that and it works really well. And you can flush out any of the excess salts and you can fl- flush in uh, fresh, clean nutrients, fresh, clean oxygen into the root zone, you know, and that's, that's what's going on there um, in that, you know, but in this living soil, we just want this like this uh, this living thing that's just kind of happening where the microbes and the worms and all this stuff is living, eating, shitting, fucking, you know, having the fucking the zones happening, you know, and, um, and and the cannabis grows the best when it's consistent. And so one of the cool techniques uh, you probably I mean, probably say I'm I'm sorry if I'm saying things that you don't know, I kind of because I used to teach rock climbing. And so I try to, I learned to break things down really simply. So I don't mean to be like stupid about it. I just kind of like, like to break it down because the devil is in the details and all this shit. And I feel that, that sometimes uh, it get, a lot of the details get missed and that's where, where you get the good weed is in getting all the details, you know what I mean? And, and so, so having the consistent moisture um, like the blue mats, right? Are you familiar with the blue mat system? You know, those things yes. are fucking epic for living soil because they give you the ability to have a consistent moisture all the time. And, and for me as a farmer, once that's dialed in, I don't have to do a goddamn thing. I can just pull plants out, put them in. It's, it's like this fucking, I don't have to give them nutrients. You know, once a week I can come by if I want and give them a compost tea or not. 
you know, for the most part, you know, I do do a lot of other stuff because I'm a professional gardener and I'm pushing plants and I'm doing all sorts of different things. But for the most part, I could pretty much go grow amazing weed by just putting plants in the fucking living soil um, and walking away, you know, and, and, and where the debate happens is in the spectrum of the fuck ups that we all have right? Because we're not hitting that, that optimum level, you know, maybe, maybe we, we don't have them. And I'm, I'm, I'm in there too, man. I've, I've had the, the wrong microbes. I've, you know, overwatered, I've underwatered, you know, um, I'm throwing myself in the, in the mix with everybody here, but I think that's where I like a lot of the debate and confusion and all the stuff is, is, is going on. It's because we, we haven't been smart enough to to use tools to like say no dude this is the moisture level you know this is the this is the, the amount that i weighed out you know or what you know this simplifying and, and kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of it you know when we're you know talking shop I and mean, trying to figure out figure it out you know i uh... Well, once you start, uh, you know, gearing towards just microbes for the cannabis plant there, aren't you kind of like throwing off the, the cycle a little bit there in the living organics there? If you're just, you know, shooting for one or two that are aimed for the cannabis plant? Well, I, that, I, it, that, that's a simplification. It, there's no one or two, and, and I don't by any means know who the fuck the players are, right? So um, this is all theory. Um, you know what I mean? I, I have a microscope and I can look at them, the guys wiggling around and maybe tell you this one's uh, this guy and this one's that guy a little bit. But um, it, it's 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 more that you're selecting the right uh, the right microbes that work in the soil environment, you know, and not like going down and getting a shitty compost from, you know, the, the local compost guy. Um, but like, you know, in KNF, they teach go up into the mountains into uh, a place where there's no human contact and where they haven't destroyed and you see a really healthy environment um, of, of biology, you know, in, in, in KNF, you're specifically looking for fun- fungus and you're trying to grow up fungi, um, you know, but in, in making good compost that, that's well-rounded, you could, you could go up into those mountains, find a thriving ecosystem and take a, a spoonful, you know, or a, a cup full of soil and then go, go take that back home and that 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 is full of all those organisms that are thriving you know without any nutrients without any one watering without any of that shit you know and you take those back home and you grow them out you know basically through and you grow them out through giving them the right food and the right moisture content and then and, and then you're selecting in that process uh by keeping that moisture content and keeping that temperature you know, at, at the right levels, you're selecting for the, the life cycle of those, those microbes. So it's a kind of a general thing. It's not like I'm selecting specifically for cannabis, albeit we are, there's a, there's a range of plants in, in the world, right? There's, there's big trees and there's, there's grasses, right? And they're, they're, they're doing different things and they're, they're different microbes are, are interacting in the soil and, 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 and there's a progression from grass to shr- to shrub to to big tree, right? And you can kind of see it like a chart, right? And so cannabis falls 
in, in the progression is like an understory plant where it would grow like just in the understory of trees. And so um, if you go and look at those, those areas and you look at those soil, you find out that they're a little more fungally dominant because they're in, they're in the woods and the woods are dropping their, their leaves, they're dropping their trees and the microbes that are feeding off them is fungus. And so that the soils end up being more fungally dominant, right? And so we've mimicked that in our cannabis living soils. And that's brought out more terpenes, more cannabinoids. It's pushed a lot of stuff. And, and, and in, in our greenhouse production, we've noticed that, uh, or I for one have noticed, and a bunch of folks have, have been able to quantify this better than me, that using a diffused light, it grows better. You know, rather than being directly outdoors, but having that diffused light, just like if you were in the understory of, of trees, um, you end up getting a better canopy and a, a much softer, plusher leaf. Like um, the, the, the leaves inside my greenhouse are unparalleled to uh, the outdoor, unparalleled to the, the, the indoor. Um, they, they look like leather. They're really just beautiful, you know, and, and, and soft, where outdoor they're a lot more crisp. You know. So I'm curious to uh, pick your mind is, as a gardener, you know, we're always looking to you know push the plant as far as we can. You know, terps are basically do come from cultivar, you know, selected phenotype selected. Uh, but uh, where do you think on top of that uh, as uh, gardeners? Do you think we can push things along? Do you think the, the moreover, do you think the turf profile comes from, is being pulled from the soil? Or do you think it's more uh, atmosphere? Or do you think it's more light or stress? Uh, which way do you think uh, does it, the plant pull the most turf from? Is oh, it from the soil? I think the soil, if I had to say the one factor, I would say the soil, but I, 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 you can't limit it. It's the orchestra. Um, yeah, it's totally the orchestra. Like the, the soil pulls out terps like, like no other. Um, the environment you can really manipulate to pull out a lot more. You know, you can bring the temperatures down and bring humidity up to push, to push more of those waxes and lipids at night, you know? And that's, that's one thing that I have going for me in my natural environment here in the summer. It's a, uh, um, I'm in Washington, just right by Canada and, and right by the, the ocean. And um, in the summer, like the hottest days are like 82. You know, most days are 76, 72. And then at night, it gets down to 50, um, sometimes 40s, you know. Um, and, and because of that, it, it ramps up the terpenes, um, you know. And, it, and, it, and if it, it gets too wet, it, it can the, the plants can be you know and the, on the downside they can be a little bit too leafy you know because they're not getting enough sun um but in the greenhouse i can i can i can alter that you know by turning lights on so right right now i'm i'm, I'm in a total winter grow and this is um probably the best winter grow i've done i'm, I'm feeling knock on wood you know um i i i, I can Fuck it up at any time, but we're nearing the end and it's looking pretty good. This is our time to shine here in Michigan, man. 
We love our winter girls here, man. I know uh, I, I know I'm not speaking for myself either. There's just something about the indoors and in, uh, in Michigan that uh, that's our best seasons, man. We're not fighting that that, uh, that Michigan heat summer heat. you know it's it's just a nice indoor environment here yeah right now. No, I'm the same. I, I, so I, I, I typically turn my indoors off um, in the summer. Um, as soon as I possibly can, to be honest, um, I just, it's, it's like, it's now that I've gotten into growing outdoors and in the greenhouse, I realized that it's like fighting uphill. Um, so, and, and unless I'm in the winter, it's really, it's easy. Cause you know, I can just kind of hobble around, you know, and, and, uh, to these little spaces and and visit them and they're nice and warm and, and whatnot, you know, um, but like, I prefer being outside now. Um, maybe not for flowering, you know, the greenhouse is the way to flower a controlled environment, but in terms of stacking plants and, and, uh, having plant care, like outside is so much easier to grow plants. Um, it's so much easier to water them. Um, you, it's really hard to overwater a pot outside cause they, they, it, they suck up so much air water. You know, so you can just fucking walk by and just like hit everything with water hard every day, you know, and, and, and that gives me the ability to grow more plants. Uh, it really, it really does um, because the indoors, it, it take, took a lot more focus and attention. Um, so being outdoors, I can just, I can stack plants all over the place and like put a sprinkler on them, an overhead sprinkler. You know, it, I know it sounds crazy, but that's honestly some of the techniques that I've learned to, to use for a lot of stuff. And, um, grow some pretty good weed man you know um to be honest so as growth scale up is it going to be more from seed or is it going to be more from clone you think it's possible to have a large scale grow a clone or is it going to have to be from seed i mean tc is probably going to be the deal um the triploids are, are not, they don't reproduce. So those will be all TC'd. Um, and that's, that's a lot of, a lot of, um, agriculture's TC'd, you know? And so they have the, the tech and, and skills and machines already for that, you know? So I think that's what, that's where it'll go. I think there'll be, there'll be TC, uh, big weed. And, um, then there'll be the boutique guys, you know, who are doing like something that they can't be done in the big, big week, like we were saying earlier, you know. I hope not. I still hope not. So in your opinion, you know, as a, a outdoor cultivator, greenhouse grower, would you rather see seed? I mean, do you, is there, in your opinion, the taproot bigger, you would you rather see, you know, it, I, I'm a firm believer in it, the taproot bigger, but, uh, do you do? Are you a believer in that? Would you Would you, as a grower, rather go from seed, or I've, would you rather go from growing from seed? Um, and I've transitioned um, to that um, mostly. That this year, this this uh, 2020, I had very little, very few clones in my garden. Um, this run right now is the first clone run I've done in a long time, a couple of years. Um, and it's, it's really fun and awesome. I feel, I'm feeling good about myself. 
about it. But uh, I like growing from seed. The plants are much stronger. You don't have any. Um, I think that uh, it, it, it de depending on your size and everything, you know, that's where, where you really have to make the choices, you know, um, because if you don't have like a lot of space or a lot of plant count to run through a bunch of plants, you know, then it, you really you won't need to make your plant count or your space valuable and, and then clones uh, or sometimes feminized seeds, you know, are the way to go. And that's, that's why we're taking on the project. I'm taking on the projects to do some fem work with my buddies because they have like really good, you know, rock star lines. And it's like, let's make some feminized versions of that. So it's really easy for people to access and easy for farmers to use um, because clones can be hard. You know, they, they, um, it, you got to be on it. You got to be really clean and, and you get degradation if you don't. And, and it's really hard for people to, it's hard, you know, to do that shit and be on that, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's a discipline and your mom's got to be good. You have to have a whole, a whole scene, you know, to, to do that proper versus seeds. You can just do a run like, you know, like a tomato gardener, you know, the back, you know, you just do a run and pop some seeds and, you know, go down and buy some more, you know, what the fuck. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, just, I'm trying to picture myself, you know, a, a big grow myself. You know, is it going to be like the, the hemp grow that you described earlier? The tight rows, you know, the nice and tight plants, they're all together and it'll like corn. Or is it going to be, uh, you know, the 12 foot apart, the monsters and, you know, big, big plants like that, you know, which one do you think you will go? Do you think it will, will it be the bigger monsters or do you think, think it will be the. We're shifting to a mix where, um, because autos, you can't deny them. Uh, it's a, it's a money grab, you know, and, and we're, we're in it to make money. Uh, if you're in the business of, but weed, you're in the bit. You're in business is to make money, and um, it's a, like there's a lot of different products. You know what I mean? Like I, so, so you, I think one of the game plans is to plant your full terms at the same time you plant your autos, harvest your autos, maybe two rounds of autos. You know, while your while your full term full term big boy big girls are growing up. You know, and so you could just kind of maximize your space. You know, and. People are even throwing autos in the aisles, the indoors and they're in their aisles, you know, there's in pots or they're just trying to like maximize the space with these little plants that uh, they grow so fast, you know, it's just like, boom, fucking 60 days, 70 days, you got a harvest, you know, I'm dropping the seed in the thing, you know, it's crazy. That's, you know, that's why, that's, that's what I keep hearing everybody. And so I'm interested to run them in myself, you know, Sounds like the perfect recipe for the the organics, guys. The water only. <laughs> drop drop it in the water only and let it go. Sounds yeah. like a perfect mix. A fail, a good fail. Uh, I think it was last year, last fall, after I'd harvested my main crop in the greenhouse, I, I was just cocky as fuck. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm just going to go Put, put all these seeds just right in the ground. You know, that's what you should, that's what you do. goddamn. Like, um, 
I had a lot of, I have a lot of experience planting seeds. And so I went and did that and uh, a bunch of seed, a bunch of different stuff. I had all this plans and notes and writ oh, my goodness. And uh, the roly polies ate all my seeds as they popped up before I even saw them. I saw, I saw, I would see some of them pop up and then the roly polies would eat them and they die. I was like 2000 seeds or some shit. I, I totally fucking failed. And I think I even planted like another round, small round uh, uh, before I caught on what happened. And I, and I was just like, wow, dude. <laughs> so you gotta, you know, um, you know, the shit, shit around, you gotta be smart, you know? Those, and what happened is those roly polies got, their population got out of control. You know, they were, they're not a check. So that's my bad. These things we live and learn, right? Or things we live and learn. So uh, do you plan to, uh, as the market progresses, do you, uh, it's a weird market. Like you said, it's, there's so many avenues you can take it. You know what I mean? Do you plan to produce for flour? Do you plan on breeding, you know, for extracts? I mean, that's, there's, there's definitely a difference, you know. I, I, I honestly think it, it has to be right around, I'm still right around the 20s guy. You know, I, I think just because it's a higher THC number doesn't make it necessarily, uh, a, a better cannabis by any means, but uh, it matters now if you're doing <laughs> extracts, you want to see them numbers, you want to, but uh, I don't think that necessarily translates in quality, though. So, you know, as you're breeding, which way will you be going towards uh, a nice turpy flower, or will you be going, you know, trying to go for resin? I mean, really, uh, it's all about the smoke for me. Um, so I'm sweet for it's like and, and it's and I would choose flavor over uh, over um, potency any day, especially te testing potency, you know, and tested potency and in, in uh, effect are, are not necessarily linked. I think terpenes are, are really the big drivers. And so like you can have some stuff like you say that has low, low testing, low T, lower THC numbers, but has the right co combination of, 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 of terpenes and it just lights you the fuck up, you know? And, and for me, um, I'm driven by the terpenes and flavors. You know, I love beer, the different flavors of beer. I love different flavors of weed. Like I obsess on it, you know, like a savage, you know? Um, so that's definitely the, that, yeah. That's definitely where I'm where I'm driving, um, and, and, but but in the profile, you know, like I, I tend to gravitate towards more um, definitely gas um, and acrid acrid type flavors. You know, I have a lot of fruit stuff that, that comes through my hands, and and the fruit because my environment, like I was saying, has it, it has so much moisture and such a drastic drop temperature swings, um, and the, and the soil soils jamming so hard that the plants end up being so 
damn loud, you know, like the, the fruits are really strong, They're really, you know, and so I can't deny some of it, you know, it's like, it's fucking pretty good, even though I don't really want to be smoking fruits because um, it doesn't give me the high that I, that I, that I enjoy, you know, and that's, yeah, I want, I kind of want to be hit over the head a little bit, you know. I've never been that hit that hard by the fruits either. Something about the fruits, they taste really good, especially the orange in particular. Oranges are very good. It's good to mix with stuff. Extracts. But man, I can smoke an orange all day long. All day long. And not even get close to where I want to be. But I do enjoy the fuels myself. Well, I mean, what is it for you? Uh, is it the high mercium that comes with a lot of the fuel that uh, that you like? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like mercium. I like the I like beta caryophylline a lot. Um, like I like in the Bubba Kush, you know, you get a lot of that. Um, you know, it's, I I can't really dial, you know, in exactly what terpenes I I, I like, but I def, definitely have noticed that. The stuff that I do do lean towards has more beta caryophylline in it in general than, than than other stuff. Yeah, I enjoy good indica myself, but you know, I just I for me I enjoy a nice sativa too, but I just don't have the patience for a sativa as a gardener. You know, <laughs> you got a cool one. I uh, seen. It. That the pack you're holding up was the GG four times the max there. Uh, do you uh, like grow working with that? Is that something you work a lot with, Eric? I, I just uh, and so the, part of the reason I do the RSO is because it works really well for me running through seeds when I'm looking at populations and they're all different, right? I can't put them in a bag very easily. And I also sometimes have late pollen guys flying around. So there's seeds in there and they're not necessarily seeds that I want. Um, so it gives me the ability to run through and, and like this GG4 Mac, this was uh, done by Lorax 315. And I ran through like 100 or 200 of these and the fucking flower was delicious. And so the, we made RSO out of it. You know, I, I made my selections and then I re-veg after, after the run. You know, that way I can let it run all the way out and then I can take cuts off of it or replot it um, and, and re-veg the plant and then get my clones and, and make seeds afterwards. That's kind of my, my process is to, to do big runs, look through the plants all the way through and then re-veg and work, work the, the re-veg cuts. Hmm. You know, that uh, that's a question that uh, I guess I have for you. That's... Something that's been on my line quite a bit since I was talking uh, with uh, Genetic Memory Farms about it, and, uh, and that was uh, seeds. Uh, cannabis, when it's making seeds there, obviously when it gets seeded, it goes through another change. And I, we believed uh, when we came up in that conversation there that it's a whole different uh, effect that you're getting from that uh, that uh, seeded flower there. A whole different uh, buzz there. And I wonder there if 
you know, that's just something that in the future that uh, a specific RSO, you know what I mean? Uh, because of that profile there, you know, further over, I was, when I was talking to Kaya the other day too, you know, I asked him, you know, in the hash making, if he had noticed the difference or, well, I asked him if he noticed the difference when he was making seeds, you know, if he, when he, when he had that flower, when he made the seeds and, you know, he chucked the seeds, if he made hash from it, if he had noticed the difference of stony or hash from that flower, uh, seeded, seeded flower hash. Yeah. Uh, I know it's getting a little confusing there. <clears throat> and, uh, I think there is a difference there. I think that's the link. When we look back from the difference that we're smoking cannabis that we're smoking now and the cannabis that we smoked when we were younger, there's a high difference there. You know, we can't necessarily figure out what it was. You know, the, the THC content was much lower then, but we were getting twice as high. And I can't help but place that link with we were getting seeded pot back then. So I can't help but wonder if, you know, that's the the link that we remember there. It was the chemical change in the seed. Once it got seeded and it's putting out a different chemical in the trichome there that's hitting us way different, you know. So I can't help but wonder if that's something in your RSO, if you're taking, you know, your seeded cannabis and then turn around make an RSO with it if you wouldn't be if it, there isn't a compound there that wouldn't be in your RSO from otherwise you know yeah. from the same flower side by side yeah I, you're I think I've heard someone talk about that in the past but didn't remember you know didn't stick um, and we did have someone that, that that told that told Kaya that the hash he made from my, my stuff that was seeded um, was out of this fucking world. There was only a, a few people that got to sample this this small little round, and um, and he is like, I think it's the seeds, bro. I think it's the male pollen. You know, same thing that you just said. And I and I and I was like, I hadn't really thought of that. And I was like, well, we should do a test. He's like, yeah, we should. So we're, and I was like, it's very simple. We just, you, you know, you have a room full of coffee and then you pull one plant out and hit him with, hit her with pollen, hose her down, bring her back in the room, test her, test the plant next to her, test her and see what the fuck happened. So he's, he, he's on that. Um, just to see if we can get any, you know, science on it, you know, any for any, any, whatever, you know, see what, what's going on there. But, that it was really interesting that you said that because that you you were the second person to about this this run it anyways or that's you know recently that I've heard that's brought that to my attention and so I think that's could be some totally valid and it makes sense dude I mean uh, interesting thing I, I my wife is a, is a public health nurse and they have found uh, with um, uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. Right when when the when the mom drinks, a, a woman that's pregnant is drinks. They have a potential of, of giving the child fetal alcohol syndrome. They found that 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 same thing passed on through the male sperm. 
So not that the, not even the, where women a woman didn't drink during pregnancy, but but the the man was such an alcoholic that he passed on fetal alcohol. You know, whatever happened, I, you know, I can't describe it exactly, but it messes up the chromosomes or whatever um, through, through the male sperm. And and I, I don't know why that might, that might that just clicked in my brain to remember that or talk about that in parallel. But it it just there's something there. Obviously, they're just I don't know. There's some maybe that was just a dumb stoner thing to, to go off into, but um, there has to be something there. You know, there has to be a change, a chemical change when they're making seed, right? And it's it's a difference in, you know, obviously we like sensimia um, and that increases this one thing, but uh, the, the, the other thing could be anywhere different on that roadmap. It, it could be a, a, a seeded crop that's fully harvested or it could be uh, a seeded crop that's at some point in the maturity, you know, where maybe you get a, a certain ratio of cannabinoids. That's awesome. You know, there's a whole world of shit for us to explore. Right on. I do. I, and I do. I think there is a lot of something behind that. I mean, plants in general, when you take, you know, a GMO plant, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you're stressing it out in a different way and it's just taking a different course producing different chemicals at that point. And I think that's the same thing that's happening with seeds. It's just, it's either adding something to the trichome or it's creating a new compound that is sistering with it. And, uh, but I'm, you know, very interested, very interested in you know, what goes on there, you know, because I make a lot of hats. <laughs> and uh, the chemicals, you can make it stonier. Why not? Why not? I'm popping in the chat. I haven't been looking at the chat. I just was gonna just getting it going. You just got a question too. <laughs> well, they asked me to ask you, uh, take a grower there. Or is it? Uh, sorry, I'm just I'm getting. Uh, Dank uh, Grower says, uh, "Can you please ask him a little bit about high anxiety?" To, uh, I can't even get that one. Yeah. <laughs> silverberry lemonade and the Kandahar Black F2s. I don't know much about the silverberry lemonade, Kandahar Black F2s. Um. Oh. I know. Sorry, I got I got lost there. High anxiety. That's my homie. Um, and those those are the seeds that went out. So my buddy uh, Sunnyland Grown hit him hit him up on Instagram or High Anxiety. He donated all this we, for one of the fire relief things uh, we did a couple of weeks ago, and he donated the packs and put those in there. Sorry, it took me a minute because I he put in like three or four packs in there, um, and uh, I can't tell you what. The, those exactly about those. Those are him. So he might even be in chat here somewhere. Sunnyland Grove. So what made you put together and decide to put together the conference there? How'd that come about? Fill my beer. Problem. 
<laughs> What's up, Weedus 207? High Spy, all good 25. Spiky Pilots, Dane Grower, how you guys doing? Old Smoke. I'll get your Hugo question there. Sorry, Old Smoke. I meant to get it earlier. Sorry, that tap pour is a little slow. Um, essentially, uh, that I was getting frustrated with people getting out um, bad information or information I disagreed with on how to do living soil, and I was getting frustrated. And so we put together a group of people uh, that were experts in different stuff, you know, around the, the concept of living, living soil growing, and and then it just it, it kind of took off, you know, um, basically based around Elaine Ingham. Um, and the, her, the, her concept of the soil food web. And, and we brought in a mycologist um, who's a, you know, specializes in um, myocrysis fungi. He's brought in a uh, entomologist who does benefit, specializes in benefit with beneficial insects, you know, in greenhouse production. Um, we brought in all this stuff, a humic acid guy, Dr. Faust, you know, um, we brought in Chris Trump, the KNF, we brought in Kevin Jodry, um, all these guys that are just like experts and all their, you know, Steve uh, uh, Potemponics. I don't know if you've had him on here. You should got to get him on here. He's one of the, the smartest dudes I know. Um, and I used to hang out on his, his show quite a bit. Um, and it was, it was a blast. Um, he still does his show a couple times a week. But um, yeah, so that was the big driver behind it. And then as we started getting going, uh, it, it it ended up being such a good vibe for everybody and, and the connection we were making with people, um, you know, other growers, everyone that was attending has been so good. You know, um, I don't, you know, it's, it's really opened up my, my life a lot and, and my, up to my game so much, you know, to be able to connect with other growers on Instagram and, and not to just like see them, but to like, know them, you know, know that I met them face to face and we talked and we shared a doobie. Um, and we shared some seeds and, um, and man, learning is just fucking going. And same thing with, with, with having speakers, um, together, you know, when we were we'd go to the hotel or whatever at night, um, or at the restaurant, like I, I'm always playing devil's advocate, like poking the bear and trying to, you know, learn more, you know, and, and get this person over here who doesn't understand what that person understands to, you know get them to, to, to riff on it. And so uh, it's a bummer that COVID kind of took, slowed that thing down, you know, it's fucking, we had to stop and, 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 and cancel Michigan last year. And so I hope that we can do it this year, but I'm not sure, man, it's looking, well, I'm just gonna not, you know, just wait and see, but definitely gonna do it, do it when we can. It's just uh, fucking, you know, what do you do? And uh, Michigan, Michigan was blowout, dude. I don't know if you if you had the chance to come, but there was like, like some people there, and uh, we had we had we all the speakers. So by the time we got to Michigan, we had that year we had to, that was the fourth one. So we were kind of like felt like the band was on tour, you know. So we you know we had kind of like oh yeah, Kevin's gonna tell this joke right there or whatever type, you know. Here he goes, up oh, nailed it type, right? A little bit, you know, not not that much, you know, but uh, um, we we all said 
Michigan had the best melts by hands down. Um, Michigan had some fucking good melts and we all walked away with some really good fucking hash. Um, so there's some really, really good growers out there and hash makers and we all enjoyed that shit for sure. It's funny you called out his name just as he popped into chat there. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy, man. He's been uh, nice enough to donate some time to the show long ago. And uh hope to get him back someday, man. Great guy, man. There's a ton of people that uh you love that conference here in Michigan. Uh, another guy that's uh very good part portion of what I do here, Smiley's Gardens. Uh it tends that and that's a good portion of what he does of where he's got his knowledge from there is the regenerative conference. So, you know, shout out to you guys. Even though you guys haven't been able to do it, you guys have been live streaming like crazy. I mean <laughs> it's not like you guys haven't been being able to put the information out there. You guys have definitely been putting in the work this year. For sure. Yeah, it's kinda I mean everyone lives on Zoom now. Um but uh, it's it's I don't know it's it's a, it's a cool thing and I think that's one of the positive thing that's comes has come out of the COVID life is uh, there's just a lot more of that a lot more interaction a lot more connection you know and it's been really cool and the fundraiser stuff's been really dope I think there's one going on right now actually um, so you know shout out to to that that's going on on the Future Cannabis Project channel. Um, in fact, I think the dude who um, who's heading those up ran into some trouble, and um, so I don't. I, I you know we're doing this, but I imagine they're trying to raise some money for him tonight too, because I think he got he got raided, and they 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 probably they, they took some seeds that had been up for auction and stuff like that. Like it was over like a ten by ten, and 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 I don't I don't even know the details, so I, I keep my mouth shut about it. But I, I know all I know it was it was over a small garden. And 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 it, it, it sounds like the local county was busting his chops, but they, they they took some seeds that had been auctioned, and and that guy's just you know kind of he's a he's a, he's a, a activist you know and volunteering his time and it's a pretty fucking bum deal you know. Yeah, it does, uh, especially when you're trying to help somebody else out, uh, and some shit like that happens. Yeah, it's a complete moment. It's It's been really cool. You know, it's been the the cool thing has been how how everyone's come out, you know, to help. And uh, it's been really fun to be a part of like uh, all these seats coming out that, you know, out of the woodworks that different people been wanting. And so we throw them up on the auction and and people fight over them and and it's all for a good cause. And it's uh, it's been really, uh, really fucking cool. And at the same time, you're going to kick it with your buddies and and learn about weed and learn about what they're doing. So it's, it's uh, it, man, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm remembering about this year is, is working hard in the garden and, and doing those things. It's been really cool, you know? So I, 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 I'm dying to get back, you know, to meeting together, right. And do a big event and um, yeah. And, and do a seed swap and shit like that, you know, We'll see what happens with this vaccine. I don't know, man. Are you are you gonna take the vaccine? Hell no. Ah. Hell no. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
I've been from day one. You know what's a weird coincidence about the, that as well? Is uh, this is episode 268, and COVID has this show is neck and neck. I never realized this until uh, we've got a friend in the UK that comes on quite a bit, Green 13. And he uh, he showed up the headline one day, and he says it was day 202, and it was episode 202. So this show has been running consecutive <laughs> with the COVID, you know what I mean? The same number of days. But I've said since day one, you are going to have to – there's going to be somebody chasing me down it's going to be like, right, team, go. You're going to have to tackle me and stick that thing in my back. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> what about yourself? Oh, man, I, I don't want to take any vaccine either. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as, as adamant. Like, I mean, I probably am. I just kind of, I don't, yeah, you're right. I probably, I probably do feel the same way. Like I feel the same way about my kids. I don't want my kids to get vaccinated. Um, not right away. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I kind of just feel like uh, we could be, in, I don't know, we could be a little bit safe for a little bit while and stay, stay a little bit, see what happens, you know, like maybe not spray the guardian. Remember, remember the guardian thing? Uh, from 2000, whatever, everyone started spraying Guardian and it had Avid in it, right? I don't know. I kind of got a little bit of conspiracy. Yeah. Behind it. You know, I don't, I don't really trust. No. I've not been in testing that long. No way, no how. I'm sorry. But, uh, and that's another thing too. I uh, I've, I haven't seen a lot of it around me. I know some people that have had it. I don't. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. That rabbit hole gets deep. That rabbit hole gets deep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, I guess if it has to open the world back up, we'll see. But I'm not. I'm not being first in line. That's for sure. My guess is that that by 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 late spring, early summer, shit will start to open up. You know, as things start to, I think we're gonna hit hit another big. We're obviously in the middle of going down, and but um, by spring, I, I think that it'll all and, and people will get on the mask thing or whatever, and it'll be, you know, or at least we'll have protocols. You know, that people are a little more used to. You know, and and we'll have you know. We'll, we'll, we'll know like like if you have these sort of things that you're more sensitive and need to be more careful you know but other people are you know are you know because a lot of people get it and are okay right you know and some people get it and die it's like a whole mixed bag anyways we should not talk about covid <laughs> so far I'm, I'm sticking to the cannabis cure the cannabis cure yeah. Keeping the, the endocannabinoid system intact seems to be working just fine. Just fine. <laughs> so, um, what is there anything that you have your eye on in particular that you, uh, what's hot right now where you are? Not that I, you know, I, I hate the, you know, hype, but every there's, there's something hot everywhere. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? You know, a little isolated. We, we're, I mean, we're West Coast, so we do get the stuff that comes up from California. Um, like, uh, there's, you know, ice cream cakes floating around, which, you know, the, the interesting thing that, that I was in Colorado in the winter and uh, GG4 and Mac and wedding cake and now ice cream cake are um they're just all over the place and they're you know they're great they're great cultivars i, I li like all of them i like all of them a lot um but <clears throat> they still uh, predominate the market i think uh at least in washington and more so in colorado like that was just like at every store i went to had those four strains and then you have all this other stuff um you know it seems like because we have we have only a couple clone producers. Washington's a really small market in terms of producers. Like we actually are down to like maybe six hundred or so licensed producers, um, and so you, you only have like two, three, four people putting out clones. You know, and a lot of people do their own in-house stuff, and some people will bring stuff, you know, bring stuff in. Um, but for the most part, it's uh, just two or three guys putting stuff out. And you'll see the, oh, you'll watch the wave, you know, Slurricane's really big right now. Um, Don Mega um, has been moving through. Um, obviously the runs and stuff is, you know, going through cookies and stuff is going through. Cookies has just, has just moved into Washington. So, uh, and, and has all their cultivars, you know, so that that's all starting to throw, flow through the gelatos and biscottis. Um, yeah. I saw a good Sunday driver today. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm seeing in Washington, you know. Um, meat and chocolate now. I'm actually hoping that, uh, you know, with some of the advances in science that uh, – We'll slow down a little bit on the breeding side and actually start uh, documenting some shit. It'd be nice that, uh, you know, with the advances in tissue culture and everything else, uh, the need for other people to back cross and rework people's uh, strains for stability will cease. You know what I mean? If, if you can count on a breeder that has mom and dad tissue cultured, you know what I mean? The need to, you know, want to back cross something or, you know, worry about having it in the future is less and less. So you could move on, whatever. Or even more so, uh, I think that would be need to, uh, if it just came down to where you were just getting certain stocks from breeders, things weren't as crossed up anymore because of the backup with tissue culture and stuff like that. You know, if I wanted... Your strain, I just come to you. I don't necessarily have to go to somebody else. I can, and I would either be able to get it from you in seed form or certified clone. You know what I mean? Would be the way to go. I'd like to see, you know, clones being passed with paperwork. This is it. This is truly what it is. You know, a little pedigree with each cut to know that, you know, because right now, there's so much shit floating around with, even though you get a strain, it's hard to know for sure if you've got the real deal or not. 
it could have been somebody else's back cross or in that they've called it that you know what i mean and it's always been my opinion that uh unless you're the breeder you knew the breeder or whatever you you can you can back cross all you want but unless you knew their vision it's hard to get back to the creator's vision you know what he's seen in mom and pop and drew out from the stock and worked that way you're never going to get there so why not just leave it with that breeder <laughs> and you know what i mean and then again we come to that point that we were talking about earlier to where it's a a regenerative thing you know what i mean you pass the genetics on to your kids with uh <laughs> with all the rights to it you know what i mean here's the stock from now on you know, he holds the genetics for Gorilla Glue. You know, that'd be nice if, if we can work from that and you get clean genetics from here on out. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there, you know, like uh, like the, the one we were talking about here, the GG4 mat, like this, you know, I told you I ran through so much this year, but this one was one that just stuck out in this, this batch of seeds that was a pleasure to run through because they're two very distinct flavors that I know very well. And I've smoked a lot of the flower, like especially with the GG4. Um, and uh, so as I was going through, they, there was quite a, que a, a clear layout of here's the GG4 leaners, here's the Mac leaners, here's the cross GG4 cross Mac. Here's these like kind of weird out there hazy things, excuse me, from the Colombian. And then here, here's a couple purple things, um, but 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 the point that I'm getting at is 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 really finding the ones that that worked well in my environment and going after that flavor. Like I want that Mac flavor, I want that GG4 flavor, but that works really well in my environment. And um, yeah, I guess that's what I was. That's where I really where I was trying to go with it. And, and interestingly enough, the one that I, I ended up selecting was neither was the mix of the two um, that I was what I really liked. Like it, it was like the GG4 with this creamy frosting thing um, that was fucking delicious. Um, so I have some seeds uh, that I made on that that I'll be working with. But um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, it, it, the idea to be able to, to have a, a verified library a certified library or be able to have access to you know the thing to to know you know um and and for me as a guy who's going through seeds and looking at stuff it's an absolute pleasure just to get a look at a plant and smell and smoke a plant um that, that i know i'm working with with its uh its its offspring because then i can I can identify stuff and as I'm looking through it, I can, I could, you know, see what's this way, what's that way and um, see the influences and um, it's, it's a, it's a fun fucking mystery, you know, and, and little puzzle you get to dig through. Um, so I, I would fucking love to be able to have that, the ability to get that locked down, man. Um, I think, and I think that's in the future, you know, um, I don't know how, how long that'll be, but, So do you think uh, the regenerative market has a place in uh, the rec market? Do you think you, you guys can, uh, <laughs> you guys think you can show them the proper way to uh, do it on a rec level? I mean, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the deal is it, it, it really comes down to uh, the numbers and, and uh, it, takes, it takes less money to grow in this manner um, significantly um, and less labor um, all the way around less. So it's, it, it's, a, it's just a matter of opening people's eyes, <clears throat> um, giving people a chance to see, see proper methods. Because often it's, I think often a lot what is lost is, is someone will hear a concept uh, or maybe go and take a course or, or, or you know, learn, read a book and, and, they'll, um, and, and they'll maybe, you know, won't get it quite right the first time. Or maybe they'll do it on someone else's bill or it's a business model. And then um, it just kind of doesn't work out. And then the whole thing gets thrown out, you know, or, or, or it's like, uh, well, it, it's good for this, but, you know, it's not, you know what I mean? And instead of really having, you know, you have to master something, you got to be a master, you know, you got to put in the time and work the kinks out. And and I think that's that's true of every, every, every situation, you know, whether even, you know, whether it's just a gardening style or a gardening place. Um, a new business concept, you know, a new, a new, uh, way to sell weed, you know, this whole rec thing, this, this new way to sell weed. Um, yeah, you know, so what are your thoughts on, uh, cannabis and spirituality? You think that, uh, they link together? Uh. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's clear. I mean, the the cannabis uh, opens you up to changes the way your brain is wired is 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 firing, you know, and like in in it it's it, um it was used in a lot. Of, it's used in a lot of ancient. Uh, ceremonies you know i think it, it was one of the base ingredients in the anointing oil that's used in the in the bible in a lot of those ceremonies um i think it because it just opens you up to be uh, to open to that next level whatever that level is i you know i mean i can't i can't define it exactly i don't think any of us really can because we only see a glimpse to it and get get a, a, a small picture and i think cannabis and um you know um more so even like psilocybin, um, you know, really can, can like peel off some of the shades of that, to that veil, you know, in, in my experience or, you know. Right on. I believe that uh, it definitely has a place in spirit, spirituality practices and meditation and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I can't, help but wonder if we're not necessarily we we talked about that bond of you know being in the garden and having it you know being municipal at that point but i also think it's a little bit of spiritual uh connection with it as well i can't help but wonder as we talked earlier too about the uh home gardener you know producing their own medicine i can't help but wonder if uh you know that that person uh as it deals with the plant and becomes you know basically on a daily basis if the plant doesn't necessarily feel the person out you know what i mean and produce almost what it needs the person needs on an individual basis 
that uh, comfort, if you will, uh, if we if it doesn't tie in somewhat on a level like that. Um, I, I'm a I'm a therapy dude, man. I uh, I because I grow up a lot of seeds. I can't do this with everything, but on certain certain seeds that I'm really interested in for myself. I will, um, I will put my mouth um, in, 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 in like my cheek or whatever for a couple hours, you know, half a day or whatever. Walk around with them just in my cheek or in my lip. Um, and just let them get soaked in with my saliva before I plant them in the soil. Um, that's, you know, like I, I actually, I didn't, you know, I heard that idea somewhere um, in, a, in a book. And um, kind of makes sense, you know. Get the same same microbiome kind of kick started on those on those seeds, and maybe they start working in the, in the direction that it might be more beneficial towards my biome, or vice versa. I don't know. Maybe it's superstition. My family's from the uh, south, so they're a little superstitious. But um, funny thing, I do. I can I can see a little bit of that. Uh, I've been quite on on record of saying too. I'm a little biased to cuts. <laughs> you know, uh, there's just something about the plants that I, you know, put in the dirt from seed and cultivated and picked out. I know them girls. They, you know, we have a relationship basically from uh, conception there. So I don't know, man. When I take in cuts, man, I, when I'm rarely taking cuts, I should specify that. I just don't tend to have the love for that one <laughs> as I do the ones I've all started from seed, like you're saying there. It's just that relationship I think I've developed with them from uh, from the sprout, from just from the time that things crack. Uh, I definitely think there's a link there. You know, and it, I think it just has one of them things. It's a soil remediator, but I think it's working on us as well. You know, I I think it's changing us and uh, turning us into better people as well throughout the process of dealing with the plant. I've been on a record of saying, too, that I... I don't think it's any coincidence that uh, this plant's being pushed forward and and, and uh, mushrooms as well, as far as that goes. You know, moreover, plant therapy uh, in this weird time of COVID. You know what I mean? It's just a weird coincidence that it's all coming to head and these natural remedies are uh, being pushed forth. You know, it, it's the cannabis plant takes you down a weird journey. It starts recreational. You start growing in it. You start caring about it a little bit more. Why don't you take you down that organics path? And then once you get down that organics path, it's, it's really life changing, man. It's more over <laughs> what you can do to change everything around you, the earth doing the right thing. And, uh, making less of a footprint, reusing things, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope. I think that's, I'm, 
I've said too that uh, I'm, that's one of the things I'm afraid of down the organics road. There is once I get open that door, it's gonna be <laughs> oh no, it's gonna be compost everything. My kids, I have a hard time with my kids already. You know, keeping <laughs> chores, but you know, once they or or, or uh, compost bins, earthworm bins come into the play. Oh man, they've. I can really, what are you doing throwing that away? You know this goes here. I can just see Ben's with lists. <laughs> this goes here. This goes to separate everything. <laughs> I maybe just become unbearable to live with. <laughs> chickens and cut the rules. Just give the chickens everything. Don't don't live, don't listen to what anybody says. Just keep chickens and keep chickens and like delete all your scraps. You know. There you go. Win win right I'm there. Fan of, uh, dude, and then you get some eggs, you know? Mm. Most of nice. allow you to, to, to keep chickens too. That was that was uh what when I was talking about that time in Portland when I was healing up, um learning how to grow and learning kind of reading about farming and, and I was I was raising chickens too, learning about that. And most cities have that laws that, that allow you to raise a couple chickens. So, what are some of the uh, some of the better books that you read on your organics path? Well, Ingham, I keep mentioning her. Hand down, hands down, the lady. Um, I, I first read, you know, uh, the the. Jeff Lowenfeld's book, um, Teaming with Micro. Teaming with Micro. Yeah, that was that was the one that um, first kind of helped me understand more about what was going on with the, the, the director putting names to the biology, you know, the protozoa, and, and 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 understanding the process a little bit more, and and um, and and then I in that book I read um, the name Elaine Ingham. And, and I was living in Portland, and so she wasn't too far away. And um, so I, I started Googling, and, you know, shortly there after found uh, a local group that, um, like a fan, a fan group that would meet together, a gardening group. And I got some, some of her, her um, audio books, or not audio, some were from some of her talks, and I would like, like it was I don't know, like a thumb drive full of this stuff, and I would just listen to that, you know. And so she was she was a big influence on me. Um, and then Joel Salatin, who is a rancher um, in uh, Virginia um, area, I think it's like Virginia, he's North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. Anyways, he's a he's a, a rancher. He does beef and chickens, and he would he would talk about uh, raising animals. Symbiosis, where like in nature, the the herd would go through, and then behind the herd would come the the birds, and and the birds would come through, and and they pull apart the the herd's uh, droppings, and so that the, the 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 flies and all that stuff can't stand there, and they break it apart, and then, and then it spreads it out, and it's able to decompose faster, 
Um, and it's just a symbiosis relationship so that then the, the cows, the herd can come back on sooner um, as the food has composted faster and it's no longer toxic for the herd. And so he, he he's learned to mimic that cycle in his farming, um, in his ranching. And he, he does, you know, pigs and cows and all the shit, chickens. And, and so I read a lot of his books and that really influenced uh, a lot of the way that I understand and think about stuff uh, more than I probably you know, realized. Even though he, he was doing animals and I'm doing plants, um, the mentality of mimicking, you know. So are you on the, uh, are you in the coots field there where just feed everything into the worm bin there and then feed it into the soil? Um, I'm, in, I'm on everyone's team, so to say. Um, I've talked to Coot a handful of times on the phone. Um, and, and him and I are, like, he's, he, he's got a fucking brilliant mind, man. You had him on here, and uh, I love talking to that guy. And, and I feel like a lot of the people that disagree with him, uh, aren't listening, you know, um, that albeit like, and, and, and he would probably disagree with this, you know, and we haven't really gone down the name discussion because I, you know, I, it's such a contentious thing and I don't really want to be contentious with him. I want to be his friend and learn from him. Um, I don't see any reason to use neem. It's, it's something from another continent. Um, and, and so I kind of lean more towards the, can F natural cycle or, you know, grab stuff from, from around my local environment and stuff closer to home, you know, if I can. Um, so, uh, and, and I know that Neem has these components that it do, you know, are, um, you know, and they, they push off the bugs. And so like, I don't know, they push off the microbes. So I'm just like, all right, well, I just don't need to have to even go there. You know what I mean? It's not something that I do. So um, I feel like, Unfortunately, Coot has, uh, in a lot of people's mind, that that issue right there has like, you know, been the been the issue for people. And uh, he's a fucking brilliant dude, and, and he knows a ton. And I, I love learning from him um, for sure. Well, that's the great thing about things right now. And like you said, uh, there's no real reason to like butt heads. Everybody should have their, uh, you know their opinion, their methodology, and we should be able to bump ideas off each other without, you know, it be an argument or defensive conversation, you know, back and forth there, you know. He does have a lot to uh, put out there, and I think it's up to everybody to just kind of take it all in and put it together <laughs> for yourself, basically, how you see it all put together. But, uh yeah. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be coming back. As a matter of fact, I think he's coming back Christmas Eve. Let me uh, put these kind of, this so I can quit digging at this eye, man. I gotta put some eye drops in. Mm-hmm. His contacts are dry as shit. Yeah, he's coming back for like a Christmas Eve episode. Coot is <laughs> good guy, man. Good guy, that's for sure. Yeah, I got, got a, um, I actually went and bought a, 
uh, malt of, of, of mill to grind uh, barley. Um, I like to make beer too, so it's something that I wanted to have anyways. But after talking with him, and um, it, it worked really nicely because I remember I told you that I had issues with the um, with louse, the holy polies eating my bugs, my, my plants. Um, they got really bad, and so I had to. Uh, I didn't pull off all the mulch on my beds. I just let them eat it all and didn't replace it. Um, so um, I had I've had bare soil, and uh, I have some some. some it's hard to really get it established when I'm always cropping plants. Um, but it gave me the opportunity to uh, run the, the malted barley in there, which was awesome. And I'm going to continue to do it. Um, this, this next run, I'm going to probably try to run a lot more of it um, and do a little bit more experimentation and see, see where that takes the flavors on plants uh, that I really know well, you know, um, but as far as the soil life after applying it is fucking bananas, you know, so it's, I'm all about it. I used to do it back in the day when I was in the warehouse, but I got away from it. Um, just because of the scale, you know, in time, but after talking with him, I got excited, you know, and so we went, went after it and we missed and had a good time, you know, grinding, grinding grains. Trying to find a old school grower had a question about Hugo beds that uh, I can't go back far enough to see it now. He asked it twice too. If you're listening, old smoke, if you could uh, re-ask, he said he asked once there early on, and I kind of let it go. And then you got up to get your beer. And I meant to hit hit you with the question as soon as you sat down, and it kind of I took you in a different direction. I meant to ask, and now I can't find the question. My bad, old smoke. Yeah, well, I'm we're going for the long haul. So, are you? How long have you been running the Hugo system? I'll just help. Tell. <laughs> Hopefully, possible. Four years. Yeah, it's, it's um. It's I I don't know. It's not. It's not like I'm not like. I'm trying to say it that way, but uh. I would still, in the right scenario, I'd still use them. You know, I think it's a great, a great tool, especially for someone that's got some time. You know, it definitely has a little bit of lag, but you have to, so you have to compensate for the lag. You know, like when you're put, dumping a bunch of carbon in there, you need a bunch of nitrogen and shit to balance that out. Otherwise, you're gonna that that carbon's gonna suck that shit up, and it's not gonna be plant available for a while. You know, so um, you got to be smart. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, like I, I'm really digging on just the direct ground for the ease, man. You know, that's 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 really it. That was the question too. Is basically if you were still using them, and then uh, he said, if also if 
Royal Cush would be a good one for uh, New England. Oh, absolutely. Anything with that with the Royal Cush. Uh, it's so damp over there, right? I mean, I haven't been there, but that's, that's what they say. It's, it's like, um, like the Northwest, wet and rainy. Um, and so that's like my, my environment here, man, and, and the Royal Cush is selected out of a big population and that and that's what it was selected for and I, I can attest to it i can attest to it i can attest to the stuff that's been bred with it so i'm all about more fish genetics for sure a lot of stuff i have has it that's what they right So I guess I'll ask you the same question I asked Kaya there the other day. I'm trying to grab some bud. Oh, rats. I don't know what that was, but I hope it wasn't important. Just an empty jar. Thank goodness, just an empty jar. <laughs> um. <laughs> so do you think that uh, by breeding indoors, are we uh, like, Kind of like crippling the cannabis a little bit. Wait, say that or again. should we be? <clears throat> Do you think by concentrating on mainly indoor breeding, do you think we're kind of crippling it a little bit or taking it down, uh, down a weaker road? Should we be do concentrating somewhat on outdoor breeding as well as indoor breeding? Combination of the two. Well, um, I don't think indoor is weaker, necessarily. Well, no, not, not necessarily. Bit, right? so. Not necessarily as in, like, strength or cannabinoid profile. I'm talking about as, like, uh, conditions, basically. We're not necessarily, we're providing optimal so if we breed for optimal, 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 and then we take it outdoors, and like you said, and put that strain in New England, then probably not going to fare well. <laughs> had to deal, deal with anything hard for how many generations? Yeah, I think I think that the answer is um, that you breed for what you breed for what you're going to do, right? That makes the most sense, right? You know, instead of, you know, I don't like the idea of like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna breed for a harsh environment, and then you know, it just doesn't always translate. That if you breed for a harsh, wet environment, and then you put something in a dry environment, then it's just gonna have no problems. Well, it may, it may not have enough wax and waxes and lipids to handle that dry environment. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to. You know, all outdoor isn't the same. It's regional, right? You know, depending on all of what's going on. And, and that there could be microclimates. The, the guys in California are really impressive to talk to because they have such a rich culture for so long of growing uh, in these microclimates and neighbors that they can break down uh, what's happening, you know, very, very well with, with the cultivars, you know, because they'll be putting and cultivar out you know throughout a region and they'll see how it how it changes you know in the in the hills and the valleys and closer to the ocean farther away from the ocean um 
so yeah i mean i don't, I don't think that i think that if, if that's what all what we're doing which has been a lot of what has been going on right which is why you brought it up then that then that kind of it doesn't give us doesn't lead to strength for outdoor stuff it doesn't lead to strength for greenhouse stuff or for depth but um really i think that we're you know we're just we're just still touching the dice the tip of the iceberg you know eventually we're going to have like you're going to get onto a seed site i think and you're going to say i live here and i grow depth in spring and that'll narrow down to this and then you're okay and i grow for um extraction okay that'll narrow down i grow for water extraction it'll narrow it down you know what i mean it'll, it will be we'll like have all these factors i mean maybe i'm just being like a dork and on it but i i think we're going to kind of get close to there because we have such a a mass body of of ho hobby if you will semi-professional professional breeders growers you know compared to other other crops you know how many tomato breeders do you know of or pepper right. peppers is probably more similar than like the pepper scene or the giant pumpkin scene um you know the, the super hot peppers Actually, that seems to be a newer one. You seem you see a lot more newer hot peppers coming around these days. It seems like people are actually breeding peppers for you know super hotness. Yeah, it's a whole thing. My thought on that, on basically on the indoor breeding is i'm i just i can't help but wonder if it'll get it'll gray out just like that on its own even though it's different cultivars uh, you know it's it's just we're you know we're we're doing pheno hunts so which is based on you know an environment so if it's the environments are the same all the time uh if you know common traits won't be all it's left you know what i mean to where them strains are bred outdoors you know it depends on the season you know there's a lot more availables outdoors they could be different expressions bring out different expressions during the breed you know i don't know i just so pretty big book to open up man i can't wait to see what we come up with here in the future yeah you know and like um i mean I, I, I mean, I was saying earlier that like I, I like growing outdoors because it's easier, and it's it's the, the plants. The sun is good, man. This, all the all the stuff is good, and it, and it actually makes the plants stronger. And a lot of people um, that, that grow indoors or grow in greenhouse will make a habit of bringing their their clone stock or their mother stock, um, you know, out out into the out for the summer, you know, and let, let them like that shit going you know and then it cuts off that and bring it back in you know um that i don't know i i, I feel like i've noticed that you know i don't have any, have any data or whatever but i've seen you know i've noticed that as far as like 
a little bit of genetic drift like in my own garden but i don't think that necessarily like will unlock you know <laughs> everything that trait that strain's capable of again you know uh opening up all the doors again necessarily uh to what it could be or what you know, I don't know. Well, I say that's why I like the greenhouse, you know, and and even better that 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 concept of the the control, you know, more controlled garden wild um, greenhouse because you get the best of both worlds. Um, man, you know, it's really it's really it's really better than 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 indoor. It's really better than outdoor, in my opinion. I just haven't seen better. So I also heard you talking about uh, like uh, screening the light a little bit uh, out there in the greenhouse. You think it, doing that again, you're kind of blocking out some of the potential, potentially by filtering yeah. out. Um, something I'm, I think that we're all interested in is yeah, is the UVs to get filtered out. So you do you gain a benefit, I think, in the in the. Um, Um, spreading light out, uh, diffusing. There we go. Diffusing the light out. Um, that's definite benefit, but you do lose the lose the UV. And I and there's you know there's there's research on it. You know, it's it's a, it's a thing. Like we need to be. I think and we don't know exactly what it is. Like no one's really sat down and figured it out. But like in my mind, I would have like. Um, multiple, and you know, I, I, I think UVA, B, and C, maybe not C. I don't know. I have to go back and look. Like, I shouldn't even say that thing. But, but where you flip, you flip it on. I, I remember reading a paper, and I don't remember what the UVs were. Where they did a test, where they flip it on for different times during the day growing cycle, and I think they found. I think what I remember reading was like thirty minutes was where they they find the sweet spot. Where they flip this. UV, whatever the fuck on for 30 minutes during the middle of the day and then flip it off. And if it was, you know, got to be too much, it would burn the plants. Um, that thing. Hmm. Yeah, there's, it'd be nice to be able to step outdoors. I've been struck indoors my whole, pretty much my whole career, grow career. You know, I got much respect for you guys that are able to uh, play out in the sun there. It'd be nice someday. Someday I hope to uh, step out in that arena myself. Yeah, man. So, it being said, do you think elevation is a factor too? Sorry, say that last one again. I said, do you think elevation's a factor? Oh yeah, it's got yeah for sure. CO two gone. Right, coffee, cake, chain mountain, grown coffee. Hmm. I'm at sea level. You're at sea level. Sometimes I feel like I'm. <coughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, of course, you know, it's going to affect just like uh, the humidity. It's going to affect the pressure on the leaf surface, um, which will affect the, the production of the waxes and lipids. Um, with the flavors and the terpenoids, you know. And, and so, yeah. And, and again, you know, then, then again, you know, say, so you, you get, uh, kind of we're, we're looping back, but you're looking for that, that, that cut flavor. You want that cut, you know, that special thing, whatever the cut is, whether it's whatever, but it doesn't work because you, li you live up high and you can only grow outdoor, you know? And so what do you, what do you do? You know? really want that or you really need that fucking flavor because it's that's the one one that's the medicine you know but it doesn't work in your environment then what do you do you you fucking make a cross into it and you open up the population and you you put it into your environment you cross into something that works good in your environment you know and you open up the population and you dig through until you find the one that has the thing you need that works in the the situation that you're producing it you know and then how cool how even better if you can <clears throat> get online and uh, at the you know clones are us and order the real fucking cut to grow out in an indoor environment to verify that you got the, this the flavor the thing that you wanted you know and have some experience with it so when you go to do your 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 backyard selection for the, the thing that's going to work for you you got you got all the, the all the information. So let me ask you this: uh, I'm kind of curious on that. Do you think environment can actually environment and nutrients can actually sway a strain to be something that it's known for, but it's not? I guess this J one's a perfect example. Okay. The this this strain was sent to me because uh, I, I'm uh, kind of I've been hunting the pine terps. I like the pine, actually, uh, one of my favorite terps. You know, gas and pine I think would be the first. You know, the two that I enjoy the most. So he sent me the J1, and uh, you'll like this. You know, very it's got nice pine, piney tones to it. And uh, so I got here and I've grown it out. And uh, pine is like the last thing I can pull out of this thing. Uh, I didn't, you know, can it could in my environment almost erase the pine out of uh, the strain? It's more like a dragon fruit, you know. I can't taste no pine, no hints of pine in this at all. Dude, uh, and uh, this, uh, this guy that came up to see me today. Um, rooted leaf. Yeah, rooted leaf. He's um doing some next level voodoo, and uh, I like like I've kind of I've got got the deal. I'm like not really into nutrients and doing that shit, right? I like I like the water only. And he hit me up, and he's like, "Man, I got something I think you're interested in, and uh, it's all KNF based." Say what's up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's in Washington here, maybe, you know, an hour away or so between Seattle and me. And uh, so he came up and, and explained to me that 
I'm going to get way off base with why I even went down this story now. Um, oh, he, so, anyways, he does KNF style, makes nutrients, and it's really fucking cool. And he ferments stuff and he sources plants from all over, and he's very specific about it. And uh, what he, he, he's super techie, and what he's, they're getting down to is they're being able to figure out what. Uh, what is triggering the, what is triggering the type of, I can't even say because I'm not smart enough. What's triggering the plants to make the certain deals that make the, the terpenes express specifically, specifically for pining, specifically for mercine. And they're finding it, figure out how to trigger it at certain times in, in the flower production with these, with these uh, ferments that he's making. They're not exactly KNF ferments, but they're KNF style and that, that he's fermenting plant-based plants and creating nutrients um, and, and, and stopping the extraction at certain points to you know, where they want it. It's, it's, I don't know, I'm doing a poor job of explaining it, but they were dialing in that they could add these certain things that, you know, that's what they're aiming for at certain times to increase. And they have some data on it, like two to three points on the terpenes, you know, and not just overall, but specific. Like they're, this one does mercy and this one does pining. It's like, okay, that's kind of crazy, you know. And so they're, they're, they're wanting to dig into more cultivar type sh- shit in the end. You know, this one increases this for this cultivar, you know, type deal. Definitely getting into a high science, that's for sure. <clears throat> I, uh, I'm definitely leaning more towards the organics type of things now. You know, I, I, I'd lean towards cocoa for such a long time because of what I do, because of that perpetual. And but uh have you, tried, you know you tried a combo? A what? Combo, like like a annex we jokingly call it, you know, like running your running your, 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 your current program, backing off and adding some organic nutrients into it to the program a little oh, bit. Like just flavors or whatever, you know? Like, I, that, that's, I'm kind of like the drug dealer. Like, we'll just try a little bit, dude, you know? Like, oh, for sure. I've definitely I've pulled back and added a little bit of fush emulsions, a little bit of molasses here and there. And uh, right now, I'm actually the guy doing the crazy side-by-sides you were talking about earlier. <clears throat> I've got uh, a little bit of uh, organics coming in. And, uh, well, Smiley's Garden's there. I referred to him earlier on. And I guess this would be a good time to uh, throw out an invite to that. Uh, there's actually three three shows that go on around here. The Spotlight that with me, Am I Rabbit going- Hole. I'm, I'm just being stony now, so if you want to, like, invite people on or whatever, yeah, I do fucking turn it over to everything. No, no, no. Uh, I, but... Uh, and then there's the organics takeover too with Smiley there. 
And uh, so I guess I'm throwing out an invite for uh, Smiley for the Organics Takeover. If one day you'd like to come on and uh, just go right down deep into the regenerative uh, rabbit hole one night with him, uh, that'd be pretty cool. But he's uh, he's pushing his his uh, show is uh, the Organics Takeover with Smiley's Gardens on the show here, and he's been from day one been trying to kick me in the ass to get rid of the cocoa and kind of go organic. So right back here, there are some earth boxes back there with like a, his take of a coots mix basically. And then uh, I've got uh green bicycles, got a, a, a mix basically to add in with my cocoa with the water only. So I've got like, couple organic methods going on here right next to my salts but uh the organics is i i'm very pleased with the organics for me it was it was uh trying to get it down in the rotation i didn't think i could uh in my head organics I always took the bigger pot took a little bit longer to veg and uh couldn't keep up with the cocoa you know what I mean? The rotation that I was going to have to keep. And uh, so I was always hesitant to going back to organics there. But uh, Smiley brought up these earth boxes. Here you go. They were already mixed. And, they, you know, I've been pleased, man. The, they have been right there with the, my chunky, chunky cocoa, man. They've kept up with, you know, the vigor. You know what I mean? They've in fact such that i may i hate to, i see him i look up i see him right there uh uh it may be the the teeter there that gets me out of the cocoa and puts me into like a coots mix there side by side from my uh my organ my my cocoa and nutrient system you know they kept up my cocoa plants are just as tall, but they're skinnier in structure. A lot skinnier. The organics ones are the same size, but they're much more girthier. And uh, he's, he's always like, wait till the end. They may be side by side by not right now, but in the taste test in the end, it's going to be hands down. You just wait. I'm <laughs> like, ah. All right. But uh, you know, as far as, oh sorry, go ahead. As far as as far as being able to keep it in the rotation, as far as something that's uh, feasible for the patients and uh, keep the perpetual going, that's where the drawback laid. And I could actually see if I could, you know, keep that going like that. I'd I'd make the switch over. You know, eventually I would like to get to somewhere in living soil like you're like you're talking there, but it's it'd be harder for me to keep that rotation. You know, that's more of a a monocrop, a one time and done, like you were referring to in the thing. I think it would be. I don't. Uh, what uh, I that. What's the challenge? In well, for me, it'd be it's area. You know what I mean. Uh, Things go from A to B to C, and you couldn't take you can't take that bed and move it. You know what I mean? It'd be 
you know, whatever, start to finish in every zone. So that's that'd be the drawback there. But uh, yeah, at least right now in the organics, I could see it. I just would be a my next step would be how to how to reuse, you know, after I go through and knock out the I'd be wanting to reuse or try to reuse. That's you know. So that'd be my next uh, obstacle there, trying to mix it back up, re-aerate it. Mm. Again, is that a sin? Would that be a sin to take it and want to re-air it up, re-aerate it, and then repot it? Yeah. Yes. That's yes. Because like, it kills all the microbes, you know? And uh, we're really trying to get them to set up home and build an established home and build all the pathways so that the aeration is in there. And every time you do that, you get a temporary deal, aeration, you know, like in your mind, you know, not just in your mind, sorry. It, there is some aeration, but, but it, it'll end up compacting because you've disturbed the life and then they've got to rebuild all that. And the greatest... The, the biggest challenging the fungal population has the hardest time rebuilding they take the most time to build um and remember when i was talking about how cannabis is in the understory of the the trees and um fungally dominant soils is 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 a driver um so you fuck up the the bacteria is everywhere they they repopulate really easily but the, the fungi have a hard time they're slow and uh that's why the tilling walking you know like and back to my my example of being in the woods you know you know that's what i was learning when i was climbing was that my walking on the soil was killing bugs and i teach my son the same thing like we call them the tiny bugs you know like don't don't walk on the garden bed don't walk over there like you'll kill the tiny bugs you know like be mindful like in and it's you know we, we, we can't be you know, there's a scale there I could go insane thinking about that. You know what I mean? Like never wanting to touch anything, but um, in, in reality, that that is that is what's going on, and it's okay. It's part of the natural process. But um, when we when we when we do our human thing, that's over the top. It's where it fucks it up. You know, we have to rebuild that shit, and it takes a long time. You know. Right on. Right on. So what do you say to all of us that uh, are, you know, taking and dumping them pots out there? That's got to, is there hope? <laughs> is there hope for us cannabis farmers that are chucking all those root bouts out in the yard? I mean, it's a bummer, you know, no doubt. Um, but, uh, I, 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 you know, for one, one like I'm still through your growing and smoking and getting connected. And like, I think, it's a, it's a, it's a progression almost in a sense. I mean, I, I like that actually sounds like a dickish thing to you know, like that, that you progress to organics, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to knock on, not knock on what anybody's doing because what everybody's doing is then they're into is fucking cool, man, that you're into something that's awesome, you know, but, um, it's not the best thing. It's not good for the environment. It's, it's not good for the environment and 
and uh, I don't think it produces the best medicine. Um, to be honest, you know, I think you can produce a higher quality medicine, and I, and beyond all that, like I think you can out yield um, and and have a and now perform 100%. You know, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's flavors fucking real, you know, and I hope that you experience that in, in your in your test here, man. Like these. That, like once you do get get that, it's like life changing. You know what I mean, like you're like, holy fuck, that's banana. That's fucking, you know. It's like, wow, you know. But the devil's in the details, so that's why I put it on the conference because, like, I, I want everyone to, to catch that thing that I'm so excited about. That it's flavor. Flavor's the driver for me, really. You know, it's not about. It is about getting high, and it has to get me high, but I could fucking eat RSO to get high. There's lots of ways to get high. Um, it really is about the flavor and the way that that, that that high is when I have those flavors, those complex flavors, you know, can't recreate it in a pan, um, you know. <laughs> well, I have no doubt that... Uh flavors are coming from there from the organic side no doubt you know for me in one of theirs there was there was reasons why i made the switch that i did you know for one uh at one point it was where i grew you know i grew in an attic space and uh i did start in like a water oil like an m3 kind of mix that I was just, but it was too damn heavy for where I was growing. Okay. Uh, you know, a bunch of pots up in an attic space, and you could actually start to see the sag, <laughs> the belly, and the trusses. I had to put a, uh, a beam up there to help you know, hold some of the weight. But I'd, even with that, I knew I had to try to find something a little lighter. So I ended up switching mediums. I ended up going to like a pro mix, sunshine, something that was a lot lighter. But, uh, you know, I know that organics is where it's at. It just, I it was, it started there with the weight thing. And then from there, it went from uh, some, some of the mixes that I was using did have some organic inputs in it. Uh, and, like gnats bugs started coming in and once they you know that paranoia came in the then the thought of going back to organics kind of oh you know, here come the bugs again the fungus gnats and stuff like that so you know it's when i think of going back to the organics i think oh now i'm gonna have to get make sure my ipm is fucking back in way in point and stuff like that uh you know that's the other aspects of the drawbacks of the organics right there is you know there's gonna be some bugs being around you <laughs> you bring the organic in i don't think there's a choice in there is there conference tickets on me you gotta come and like by the end of it you're gonna be like okay i got it because it, it's the, it's the, and that's why I named the whole thing the fucking ridiculous name, the science of I can't even say it anymore the science of organic regenerative cannabis cultivation. You know, it's like so like I just want to 
pickle out like that. It's this detailed fucking thing, you know, that that gets fucked up. And and I, I appreciate everything you're saying because those are real concerns and real things and real and real money and real medicine that is lost in that and and uh, you know what I mean. And so it's I get all that and I and it's and that's why I like I'm not I'm not knocking on synthetics and knocking on someone for doing what they're doing, you know, and even though, like, I do want to take that, you know, I take that stand that that's how I feel about the thing, but at the same time, I totally get it and totally appreciate your fucking making medicine and, and, and all that shit, right? Um, that's why I put on the conference, you know, is to, like, tease out those details so that everyone can do it better, really, you know, and yeah. And then the side benefit has been that, that we all get to hook up, you know, and, and meet up in person. Just, you know, there you I think it's great, you know, and it does, it's something that does need to be put out there in the forefront. And it, people are very hungry for it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think anybody's happy using salts. It doesn't, it doesn't seem right. You know, it just doesn't seem right. You know, even now I'm using like a two part and I do, like I said, I, I mix in some fish emulsions and a uh, little bit of molasses here and there. I'm not too crazy about, you know, putting anything extra in there, but uh, I feel bad. I, you know, I just feel like it's, I know it's not miracle Grow, but I feel like it's miracle Grow. You know what I mean? Because it's scoop, scoop, you know, it's, it doesn't seem right. It just seems too manufactured for uh, something that I'm trying to be ingesting. You know what I mean? I, I, I know what it's like on a food level. You know what I mean? I know what these salts are. If I go out and take these salts and put them in my garden, you know, in the same, I would know I would be cheating myself. Dense, nutrient-dense food. So, again, why am I cheating myself with the cannabis? You know what I mean? It's it's one and the same. And right now, it's kind of a cost factor. There's certain reasons. And, you know, and the same, it's the same reason that, um, you know, back in the story, too, when I when I had the, the dude teaching me about living soil in Portland, the homeless dude, Joe, um, teaching me about it. And I was running BioBiz and I was crushing it $4,000 a pound. You know, I did, had the same fear. And, you know, and then I, I, I went out and did some vegetables in Minnesota. And I told you I drove in 2014, I drove back when legalization happened to Washington with four lights and four plants or whatever and around a BioBiz. You know, like I had, I had the same experience. I had most of the knowledge that I have now, but I, I, I was so insecure that that's what I fucking did, you know, and, and instead of just, and, and it took me a minute of like having time and experience, time and space, you know, to, to do those things and then fail at them, you know, and, and work through those failures because at the same, at that time, that information was not out there, you know what I mean? I had to dig deep for it and, and, and um, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of saying the same things on repeat, but 
it, it's it's a it's a ballsy thing to step into something that has that that has a whole new set of risks when you when your money and your medicine and all that's uh, on the line, dude. I get it. So. I, I, organics are definitely coming. That's for sure. Never fear, they're coming. <clears throat> it's just a matter of working it into the system. That's for sure. I'm on ground level now. I'm on ground level now. I can, I can, I can work the dirt again. <laughs> well, dude, and to, for for me, like uh, once I did get to get it all dialed, like it's the easiest fucking way, and I. I can grow so much more weed with effortless effort. You know what I mean? Like I can cl- I come directly out of the water cloner into my beds, and and, and they're flipped into. Tw- I can flip them right then into twelve twelve. We have monster plants because they have so much soil space to grow into. They grow really fast. Put the trellis set net up, and then I'm done. You know, like it can be that simple. Um, and then at the end of the end of the run, you can you can soil test. And add add what back what you need in terms of dry amendments that you you scratch into the top, do it again, and like literally your work is planting plants and harvesting them, you know, and maybe plucking some leaves, you know. But what I was gonna say, I keep I keep almost saying it and then not, but one of the biggest tricks that I have in in, in all this is fulvic acid that I use as a foliar. Um, and I think that no matter which way you grow, it's a really good good trick to, to use. And fulvic acid as a foliar has no biology in it. Um, it. It can be, there's different ways they harvest it. Um, I really recommend, the company that I recommend is, is uh, I'm looking at Adam right here. Uh, uh, it's called Fullonic is the product. It's Ionic, um, Fulvonic. Um, they're out of Canada, and they 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 have an electrolyzed. Sorry to do. I'm not trying to do a plug, but this stuff is really cool. An electrolyzed fulvic acid, and uh, fulvic acid is a is a is a full nutrient in itself, but it also helps uh, all the other nutrients that, that the plant is working with uptake. So if some shits off, especially in your organic system, because you overwatered or underwatered. Remember how we talked about the balance um this helps those min- those minerals get uptake uh and work out and kind of balance everything fucking out and you can do it in a foliar uh pretty much up through week three um you know i, I feel pretty comfortable uh, i've i've hit it before uh you know i gotta you know to be honest all the way through for week seven um sometimes week six if i need felt like i need to push something i don't i don't really like to do that but I'm also not scared of spraying. I spray. Um, this is a whole nother rabbit hole. I'm going to take up your whole your whole time slot here, dude. Has any guest done that? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Have you ever heard of Rasta Bob? Have you heard of Rasta Bob? Eerie genetics, Rasta Bob. Yeah. Uh, that's Rasta Jeff. As I read genetics. Rasta Bob is on. He's on embracing organics. He's Jamaican fire. He took me eight hours the other night. From we went to eight in the morning. Eight in the morning he took me to. 
Damn, they, they, they Ross. Wait a minute, he is, he is, he, is, he can reason, bro. Oh man, I have to watch. He's that. uh Oh man, great dude, great dude. He came on and uh, he's well straight Rastafarian from Jamaica, and well, so many. He was great interview all the way through from lifestyle to you know cannabis to everything the way he just smoked was like cool as shit man he sat there he he come on obviously he he, he was on fumador and the flavors he popped on he tried to get on there was a little bit of time zone mix, mix up he tried to get on at 10 30 instead of 11 30 and uh, realized he was early so he went on and got on a, a different show for a little while and smoked through that show and when he got on with me you know, his eyes were good and blazed. You know, he was, he looked like he was pretty well torched. He smoked one-on-one with me all night long and was ready to get up. He had been up 24 hours prepared for the damn thing. Smoked himself silver and was ready to go, you know, work for the rest of the day. All bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, but he would, he was pulling out his ganja and, uh, Chopping it up on a on a fucking regular board with a fucking butcher knife, chink chink chink, and packing the ball up and shit. But uh, hell yeah, great dude, man. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up. I had to tap out. I had to. I had to tap out. There was no keep it up. It's a good one though. Real good show. Great guy. Great guy. But yeah, there's been a few that's went the, the distance. But I probably should totally sidelined you from your rabbit hole. But yeah, this it, I I will just kind of go back to uh, this company because I think they're cool. They they did hook me up um, with some big runs, and, and I told them straight up, I was like, I'm not going to plug you guys. I'm not going to post any fucking pictures. And they're, they're like, that's okay, that's okay. This is really good stuff. We think we need to, you know, try it out. And I'm like, okay, I will. And I did. And it saved my ass all summer um, in a lot of ways. Like, I, I, I'm all about, and I, that's why I'm bringing it up, not just, just to plug this company, but I think a good foliar program. One right here. But a good foliar program can, can, can round out a lot of issues. It's not talked about a lot. You know, I feel like it's a lot. I don't hear a lot of people talk about it. I don't know. Do you do any foliars like on the regular? No, I don't. You know, I do a little bit of IPM, you know, in veg, but as like a foliar, no, not any. The extra moisture in my tents actually scares me. But, uh, you know, it's something that I know I'm missing out on. And, and, the, and the old man that I told you about earlier, he taught me all this shit back, you know, back in the day. He taught me how to foliar with seaweed, how to, how to you know, switch it up for veg and flour. And um, I was the same thing, too scared of all this stuff. And uh, now, dude, straight up, like, I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll post tomorrow some pic photos or whatever on my Instagram. But I got this um, I, this machine here. 
Um, it, it's a, it makes hypocorse acid water and makes Kangen water, um, high pH water that's also electrolyzed. And um, so I can, the, the hypocorse acid water is low pH, like 2.5. And it's this is a medical grade machine, and, and it, it, it's a disinfectant. It's like chlorine, but it's just water. Um, so I sprayed it on my plants, dude, and and uh, it kills all the fucking pathogens that are on the surface of the plants, late in flower. And you can literally see, like, um, I mean, where I'm in weeks eight, week eight will be Friday, and I sprayed them yesterday um, in the morning. In an overcast greenhouse where I keep the lights off, you know, for a couple hours while they dry off. You know what I mean? It's 90% humidity in there. Um, no fucking no fucking issues with bud rot or whatever because, I, the, like, this shit is literally killing the pathogens that cause that. Um, it's really interesting, interesting shit. Um, I, I'm, I'm just you know, all about, all about the, the foliars, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I have big donkey dicks in there that I'm fucking hosing down, not with like a little backpack sprayer, dude. I have a $6,000, you know, pull behind my little lawnmower thing, you know, fucking, fucking spray that, you know, I can, I actually cut my hole in my hand with the fucking sprayer and I put it on the line. Yeah. Just right through my hand, you know, it's powerful. I can adjust it all and pretty badass no beers we so far... operating the spray rig too close uh, how far can that thing spray i think it can go it's meant for trees so it can go like 15 20 feet up you know oh nice yeah nice. I, I mean i i come in and i can I'm, i feel like a fireman you know when i hit, come to like a shipping container i have a shipping containers with with plants in them you know what I mean? Or like a, a little indoor grow room. So I drive this thing all over my property and I'll just like open the door and just like, and just like, Oh, it, it, there's no even thinking about like, I got to get underneath the leaves guys. It just like, it just destroys the whole fucking thing. Got it. Well, that's gotta be good for the plants as well. The, you know, just, you know, it's beating up, beating them up a little bit, tearing the fiber in the stalks. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be really good for them. Oh yeah, yeah, that's something that we've been talking about lately too. Is uh, foliar, but uh, yeah, that's one of the things too. It's I don't know. It, I'm always so leery of it. Uh, humidity in the tents here. Well, it, but I need to get a. Is is it a better time? Could it? Could I be better? Like doing it in the morning when the lights are first coming on, you yeah. know, so I don't have to worry about it. it uh, I would say it depends on, uh, you know, yeah, I, I would probably do it. I do. I would do it a couple hours before the lights come on, you know. So you want time for the plants to uptake. Um, I wouldn't, and you have to, you have to take, consider all factors, right? So let's let's talk about an indoor grow. Um, in, if I'm going to foliar and indoor grow, I'm probably going to do most of the foliars two hours before I spray or the night before, 
or as that right after lights went off. You know, if like I'm I'm early in veg, I have no problem uh, hitting hitting them. You know, right as lights go off, uh, spraying them down, flip, flipping the lights off, and then you know, coming back in the morning and everything. It might even be a little bit moist or whatever. You know, um, it may even be fucking dripping. Um, I, and I, dude, I, I say this, I have no PM. Like, I won't say zero. I saw a little spot of it for the first time in like two years in my greenhouse. And it's because I have no mulch. Um, and I have a wet environment. I have, I have super, I'm, I'm out of VPD often at night. Right now, it's dark. I know it's 80%. I could walk you guys out there and show you on the fucking thing. I have a big donkey day. Um, and um, it's it's because I it's because I, I keep the climate right during the day and the shit burns off. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't stay humid the whole time. It doesn't feel like a thick bug in there. Oh, did I lose you? I'm here. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Something popped up on my screen. I thought I lost the feed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess what I was trying to say is I have no fear of that, and, and but I used to, and I and I overcame it through experience, and so like in your in your tent there, like even those buds there, what are, what are they like week four, six, something like that? I can't. It's hard to tell. Maybe they're. Uh, yeah, I think they're like six, six over here. I would I would Still. only hit those dude with it with like even a water rinse, like and you'd be amazed. You know, you don't, don't soak the floor so there's puddles, but, like, give them a good rinse. And as, as long as you can get that cleaned up within a 12-hour period, you're going to be okay, you know. Um, and, and then, granted, that, that you have enough airflow tents, you know, that, that tent is pretty packed, you know. Like, it, you might have, you know what I mean? I might, I, I might be kind of careful, you know, as I said, I'm looking at your tent. And that thing is pretty packed back there. And if you if you have it literally on the walls, you know they, you, you might have leaves that are touching the walls. They, they get moisture trapped in between the leaf and the wall, and that would be a real a real problem, you know, right? Right. Yeah, I don't like to keep anything usually touching. It, it's usually not as bad. I've been slacking lately. It's usually well, not that packed. It's usually more like this. Let's see here. Let me see if there's some. Uh, there they go. There's a little bit nicer of a tent there. <laughs> you can still can't see it, but I'm uh I'm in the mix of moving things around. Huh. Get a little bit of area here. Yeah, you do. It's like <laughs> all in all, there's what seven, seven. Let's. Uh, 17 4 by 4 areas there. <laughs> so, a little bit of work. A little bit of work. But, uh, that, uh, that area back there is, is a little bit overgrown. Some of it is, like, them girls sitting in front of there. There's some, uh, a row in front that are, like, uh, just sitting in front. It's kind of getting acclimated to that light. Basically, you're going from the LED veg sitting in front of there for a day or two. So it's like it looks a little fuller than it is with that front row in there. 
you understand what I'm saying? A little bushier than it actually is. But yeah, I do. I, I do it on the reg, man. I mean, I generally don't. I generally wouldn't spray a fold like a, a nutrient foliar past week two or three. Um, I have done done this fulvic acid stuff um, a couple times. You know, when I was like in a, in a like fuck, man, this is a problem. I'm not going to have a good crop here. You know, and I, I'm going to try it out and see what happens. And I and I smoke everything. I smoke it heavily and I didn't, you know, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a, you know, I, I felt, I felt good about it, but, um, I'm not going to necessarily recommend that you know, to anybody, but this other stuff that I was talking about, the hypochlorous acid water, that's actually a cleaning thing where I'm like literally just cleaning, cleaning plants, you know, um, and, there's some other folks that have been talking about it and, and the machines are kind of weird because uh, it's like a pyramid scheme to, to buy them, you know? Um, and I bought, yeah, it's really weird. It's a pyramid scheme thing. Um, anyway, you look at it, it's, it's like you can't buy one without buying, you know what I mean? Buying it from somebody that gets a cut. I don't know. But in you know, it sounds like a decent thing. You know, spraying the high pH with nothing else in it would kill PM in theory, wouldn't it? If you're spraying like a high nine. So you, so it's it is a really cool thing, and I bought it. It's a five grand rig, you know, five or six grand rig, and I spend a lot more than that in IPM on beneficial insects. Um, a lot more than that. So I was like, all right, well this can replace me buying beneficial insects and I switch over to doing a spray IPM instead of buying these beneficials and I buy this machine and it's a one-time purchase like that's a fucking killer and so I bought it a, a couple years ago and I it's um, I'm not doing cartwheels but it but it is it, I do have success with it you know what I mean like I think that I'm really glad I have it um I definitely use it, and I definitely still buy beneficials, but I buy a lot less beneficials. And now I found that like certain beneficials can last, like ladybugs. Um, right now, I bought ladybugs, which I don't generally recommend because they're, they're unsustainably harvested. But I got, I'm just struggling with aphids in this in two rooms, and I just cannot get them back. Um, and they're going into flower. It's like I can't be spraying this stuff. I don't want to be spraying this stuff all the time. So I fucking beat them back with this hypochlorous acid water and then put the, the ladybugs in there and then, and then hit them again. And the, the ladybugs aren't aren't bothered by it. So that's like a really good potential option for the bang aphid, whatever it's called, you know, that people have been struggling with to have, you know, to be able to like knock them down continually with this hypochlorous acid water while adding a beneficial that's predating them um, at the same time. I've heard that uh, green uh, lacewig works very well for thrips and aphids versus the uh, the ladybugs there. Fucking, uh, those rolling polies came up and, and fucking ate all the, lace, the lacewigs off the carts. Really? Your story this just happened man 
Yeah, like I mean, I'm in the fucking trenches with the fucking roly polies. <laughs> Who ever thought? Who like, ever the cannabis farmer getting his ass kicked by roly polies? Sounds like they might be getting the better of you. They, you know, ladybugs are. I've worked, I've got them flying around here. You know, that's one of them things. Once if you if you can keep them where. There, you can keep a colony, colony going or happy. You can sustain them and work, they work well. But uh, if you're like just applying them, you know, one time and done, they don't seem to work too well. They just venture off. The you know, it's the the larvae that seem to be the ass kickers, really. See, we're coming to the end of the show, which is I'm getting tired, but I'm gonna just dab here, you guys. You see that? I looks like a bunch of beautiful heads. <laughs> yeah, GMO. Um, from uh, Pacific Northwest Roots, the homie. Shout out. Great dude right there. Great dude. I'll take one with you. I'm going to go with a little bit of gelato, I guess. Fresh Coast gelato. What's left of it? So what are you at? What's that? Where are you at in Michigan? I'm in northern Michigan. I'm up uh, by Grayling, if you know where uh, Michigan at all. <clears throat> Don't make me. We were doing this last night. You're going to make me do the thing. God dang it. <laughs> we were just ragging on ourselves last night, the Michiganders, for doing the mint thing. I'm like, right? <laughs> I'm like up in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were ragging last night on the rabbit hole. We were ragging on ourselves pretty good about that. <laughs> the only state where you can do that. I mean, what's funny is half the time we don't even do it right. When we show you somebody, we get caught up in it. We're like, oh, oh, oh. You know what I mean, up that way. But yeah, yeah. About three quarters of the way up. I get some pretty decent snow right now. Got 10 inches over the weekend. It's been pretty lucky so far. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I've come up with a great idea for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cheers. A koozie for the buff go. Travel koozie that makes it look like something else. Like a can of pop. So you can keep it in your cup holder in your car. <laughs> oh. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I really do. Yeah, man. I didn't know if I was going to be able to hang this long. I'm glad I was. I had, I had a good time. I, I uh, hope I wasn't too funny or... I don't know, man. It's been a great one. Like, man, you brought a, excuse me. You brought a lot of people into chat tonight, man. Uh, Star studded chat tonight. Jodri, uh, Endra, a lot of great people joined in tonight. So, <coughs> Lemon Hoko, excuse me. No, no. Shouldn't have took the dab. But I uh, appreciate it. Ooh, terrible to end on the dab. Um, let me get a drink of this coffee. Uh, <coughs> a couple things before you go there. Uh, oof. Uh, Zoom number is always the same. In case you ever... Uh, get a notification and you see somebody that's in the rabbit hole and you'd like to pop in, hang out, whatever. Always the same. You don't need an invitation. Just the want to to pop in. And uh, it'd be an honor. Surprise us to one night to come rolling in. We'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> It'd be pretty awesome. So please keep that in mind. Uh, anytime. Anytime would be awesome. The only other thing I'd like to get from you is... Uh, I do this crazy thing called the soundbite. And it's basically, <coughs> man, that dab got me. <coughs> basically, like the old school uh, artist, uh, if you're into metal or whatever. Hey, this is the Black Geese, and I'm on 105.6. But in this case, it would be, hey, I'm on Dutch Blooms. Uh, or, hey, I'm Dutch Blooms, and I'm on fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 269. Uh, I believe that's what it is. Uh, something like that. Could 268. Yeah. Uh, could you go ahead and uh, give me that, sir? Yeah. This is uh, Dutch Blooms. I'm motherfucking Talking Shit on the Talking Shit with fucking Eagle. This is episode 268. <laughs> Hell yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's one of the best sound bites yet, man. That's one of the best ones yet. Uh, Thank no, you for your time. Dude, this is a fucking cool show, man. And uh, I'm going to totally dig into these episodes, man, because uh, everyone you've had on, and you know, I, I know a lot of the guys, and I, I learned from every one of them. And so, um, Thank you for putting the time to do this, man. This is it, I, it takes a lot of time. Like you're doing these every night, and um, it's it's archived for everybody. So, like seriously, you're doing a service to the community, and um, it's in a way out 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 service that will be given away. Outlast your time, man. So, I really truly appreciate 
you for doing it, man. And, um, I had to be a part for a minute. Oh, man. I appreciate you being a part of it. And I hope that uh, someday that uh, we can do a round two. And, uh, yeah, I actually trying to step it up a little bit. <clears throat> man, that thing's still got me. Um, I've just started uh, putting everything on podcast. Uh, so it's available on YouTube. And uh, tomorrow uh, it will be available on Spotify and all that other good shit. But... All the other good episodes aren't available there yet. I'm still archiving all the older episodes, but they are all available on YouTube for you to check out. And, uh, <coughs> wow, that damn got me. Uh, I appreciate you, though, uh, 100%. And, uh, hope to see you again soon. Yeah, man, I'd love to. So, uh, Thanks everybody for watching and um, I really appreciate you guys hopping in the chat and um, yeah, thank you guys all for all your support and uh, you know, um, I, you know, sh a little shameless plug if you don't mind, uh, regenerativeseeds.com is, is uh, kind of where I'm making my money so um, you can even check out the back pages, regenerativeseeds.com slash special. Right on, right on. Uh, hell yeah, we most certainly will. We most certainly will. Cool, man. And, uh, and uh, have a good night, everybody. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Good morning. You too. You too. Well, that does it for me as well. You guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll probably see you in a few. You guys have a great night if you're not going to join me in. You guys, if you don't join in the rabbit hole, you guys know the routine. Please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. Living and breathing example of that. I'll see you in about 10. I got to hit the head. Holy cow. <laughs>